Hello and welcome to episode 210 of the Random Town Podcast. I'm Jason. I'm Angel. I'm Kevin. And uh, it's hot out. It's 92 degrees and it's not fun. But we're powering through it. But because of the heat, we have an awful episode title. It's um, a living. It, it's a living. <laughs> yeah, heat is a living. <laughs> Just sweating's a living. But yeah, it, uh, we have a pretty bad episode title. Not gonna lie, we're con- you, that's the third. We, that's the third third we. week in a row that you listen, say we. Listen, we, <laughs> it's the royal we. It's the royal we. But it's called Master Quest, but it has nothing to do with Zelda. It's because talking about Pokemon Masters and Dragon Quest. So don't look at me like I'm looking at you. <laughs> But no, it's um, it should be a good episode. It should actually be like we have a smorgasbord of games to talk about. I've always wanted to be able to use smorgasbord in the podcast. I've waited two hundred ten episodes. Have you been to that place? I've not. Yeah. The the food thing yeah, in downtown LA. Yeah, no, I heard it's good. good. Yeah. yeah, we should go as a collective podcast outing, a field trip. Not for the podcast. We aren't recording. We are going to be in downtown LA today. We are, so we could in the heat. But uh, no, there's a lot of games to talk about this episode. Um, first, there's the indie world presentation. Then Gamescom, and now up in Seattle, PAX West is going on right now. And while none of them had any, like, bombshells per se, put together, it's a lot of games that were announced. So we'll be sharing our thoughts on some of the indie highlights, discussing some uh, new classics, which is kind of an oxymoron right there, that are coming to Switch, and uh, weighing in on news from the mobile side. Plus, we have those Dragon Quest impressions, we have those Pokemon Master impressions. Uh, Kevin, you've been playing Wolfenstein Youngblood. Yep. Uh, Angel and I have been playing a rhythm game called... Super Beat Zonic, I think it's pronounced Zonic, has an X, uh, which normally costs 40 bucks, but it's only 89 cents on the eShop. Normally costs 40 Yeah. Whoa. So so huh. we're going to talk about um, that wow. I was going to say, like, you kind of get what you pay for, but... Wow. Well, we'll get there. Wait, spoiler alert for two hours from now. <laughs> but anyway, uh, I yeah. Nothing, two hours more, in the heat. More two hours in the heat. But yeah, more than... Um, Don't worry, we'll speed this along. It'll be like an hour tops. Nah. But I'm anyway... Sweating. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's only been like a minute. Yeah, yeah um, that's how hot it is. So listen, guys, if you want to get a real-time update of Kevin's sweat levels, there's timestamps on the blog post. Every game has a timestamp, and I'm sure when we get to them, he'll be reminding you of his sweat at that time. Yeah, so, there will be a moisture level right next to uh, all the timestamps. Right next to every timestamp, yeah. So uh, so blog post are there if you're on YouTube, it's under video. Anyway, let's start where the news cycle itself started, which is the Indie World presentation. Um, well, actually, first and foremost, it's not called the Nindie Showcase anymore. In fact, the term Nindies... Uh, seems to have been retired, which like is kind of sad. Like literally, the first thing I did when the presentation happened is I went to a press release and I was like, "Where's Nindy?" Because I really like that term because it's punny and I like bad puns. And it was nowhere to be found. Nindy is done. The phrase is done. And, Rest in peace. Yeah, like I don't know if I it. I don't know how you two feel about, it, but I was weirdly into the brand. Like, I, I first of all, I like branding. I like marketing. I like packaging. I was the kid that anytime a cereal box changed at the supermarket, I'd be like, "Oh, they changed the logo," or "Oh." The Frosted Fl- – like uh, Tony the Tiger has a new bandana. Like all these weird little things that no one sane should notice or care about. I would notice and care about. So like the new I noticed thing, them, but I didn't care about uh, it. Oh, see, I cared. Um, it depends. I mean it's like – I don't know. It just depends on the property. Like if Ninja Turtles changed their logo, if it was something I didn't like, I would care. But that's pretty much it. Like this I don't indie... care about cereal. I just saw the branding. I was like, You just Ooh. said you cared about I it. I care about the packaging of it. I don't care about the cereal. <laughs> that's no, I know weird. that's like – you yeah. cared about that. Yeah, yeah. Like Nindy's like – I mean yeah, I knew it changed, but who cares? But it's just like I think it's just like not. But they also always do this. Like, virtual console is is essentially what we have right now on the Switch, but they're not calling it virtual console. Right, they do this all the time. If you went on a TV about Nintendo Wi-Fi connection being gone, 
Did I go on a tizzy about that? I thought I, it was a bad pro- name to begin uh, with. You probably but did. I probably, probably did. Probably got attached to it. I did. I was just if, like, as bad as it is, I actually liked it. The one, no, Wi-Fi connection was clear. The case that Nintendo didn't know what to name it. Wi-Fi connection wasn't great, but the Nintendo, Nintendo network Wi-Fi. was Nintendo good. Wi-Fi connection. Yeah, I know. Nintendo network was good, but then they changed it again to Switch, and it's just Nintendo account. So they're somehow getting lazy. But no, the thing I was gonna say about Nindies that's kind of lame is like it wasn't just punny. It was very clearly like, oh, these are indie games on a Nintendo system. Like, it was a nice, small catch-all term. If you call something Indie World... But were they exclusive? They, they were not necessarily exclusive, but they were okay, available so. on the system. So any Nindie was a game you can know. If you see it and it's called Nindie, you can buy it on your Wii U at the time, your 3DS at the time, or now your Switch more recently. Like, it was basically a guarantee that game is playable on Nintendo. Now they're calling but, it Indie but World. But, like, developers wouldn't necessarily call it, hey, here's, I don't know, Shovel Knight Nindie. And like, oh, it's available on Nintendo. Obviously, in the, in the yeah. platforms, it'd be whatever, PC, Xbox, PlayStation, Switch. During the the period that they used the word Nindies, was there ever like a Nindies category on the eShop or anything like that? Yeah, it was all the indie games. <laughs> oh, a, oh, you mean but, exclusive. But, like, well, see, that's why I think... That's like, was there like, can I click like, oh, Nindies? Or is it just like something so. they only use on videos? It, I think it was in marketing primarily. Yeah, oh. so, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. It's just Indie World sounds so generic. Like when it was trending... Hashtag Indie World, and you go look at the games, you have no idea what system they're for just by glance. You have to actually wait well, for the little pre-roll logos. Considering and I've only ever heard of the word Indie World in a Nintendo video, it's not like I'm going to expect Xbox or PS4 yeah, games. Like, I guess. I mean, I, I can understand why you would be confused, because you're very... Go on. <laughs> go on. You're, you're a very person. <laughs> Oh, a person. I I understand what you're. I understand what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah. think it's a big yeah, deal. Yeah, it's a big deal. That's fair. I I do kind of understand why they unified it though. NOA was the only one that did an indie in the first place. In Europe, it was indie highlights. In Japan, it was indie world. And I imagine as they want to have one global marketing strategy. Yeah. Okay. So but there there is a reasoning behind. There that. is a reasoning. I just would prefer indie, indie world over indie world. But whatever. Point is, regards to the name, takeaway is the same as always. There's a lot of cool independent games coming to Switch. Like a lot, a lot. Like there were. Um, 29 i think in this presentation and it was nice to see games we previously covered here on the show actually pop up and be spotlighted by nintendo now like uh earth knight i don't know if you well this is more for you angel but we stumbled across that e3 this year and it got a nice big feature slot it actually looks like they changed out the protagonist entirely which is no he's still there interesting they have two now though yeah. the girl and the guy they didn't change it though. they, they added, added but she's the main one now based on the trailer he's a secondary I mean, anyway, point trailer, is, yeah. point is, it's, it's like a assumption is based on traders. Yes, let, let's. Uh, no, but it, it's it's a pretty fun game. It's like a rhythm based platformer with like a really cool living level select screen where you kind of like dive bomb into the screen and land where you want to land. The level pick select your screen stage. is definitely the best thing about it. Yeah, but it's funny how like no matter how much gameplay I've seen of it, nothing really. I mean, I haven't played it. I'm sure once I played it, I'll get maybe why it's quote unquote rhythm based. But I don't even think it even mentions in the trailer that it's rhythm based. Like everything is just nothing. In, nothing. Interestingly, it did not. Well, and, that's one thing I didn't like about and, the indie and that's world. A, that's a, and nothing about like the gameplay from what I've seen or the trailer like, indicates that there's anything rhythm related. Although the developer told it us. just looks yeah. like yeah. a rainbow robot unicorn attack, but two yeah. D. Wait, it was two D, um, but with a person. Right, right. Well, either way, we have Which full... Which is a fun game. So yeah, and we do have fuller impressions of it back in episode 205, for those who are curious. But yeah, that's actually... You raise a good point. One thing I didn't like about the Indie World presentation, they didn't actually explain any of the games. The old Nindie showcases, they'd have a voiceover over gameplay. This one, they're just like, here's a game with dragons. And then they played a two-minute trailer that could choose to tell you about it or could choose not to. I almost prefer that, that level of... 
I, yeah, I, I almost prefer that that type of presentation where they don't necessarily just walk you through the game. I just want to see a cool little trailer, hit on to the next game because some some of these drag on for a while if they start true. explaining to you what this game is about and the mechanics and stuff like that. They were usually pretty concise. In you know, funny, like, that's why I've really going to appreciate the treehouse for that because I'm glad it exists so that there's something I don't have to watch. Because mm-hmm. when we were watching, for whatever reason, um, Jason and Elvis and I, we just decided to rewatch. Uh, I forgot what years. Nintendo E3 D3. 2006, the one I was at. Oh, how great it was. Yeah, anyway. like we watched that presentation and um, they will they'll spend like a lot of time just like talking about the game. years ago, Jesus. Yeah, seriously. Like, they like walked us through like Red Steel, and it's like, all right, go through this level, blah blah blah. It was it just took forever. Like I was ready to move on, like maybe like two minutes in, yeah. And then we actually did end up skipping around, and then like they do that like for a couple games, and it's like, well, this is literally just what they would do at the treehouse. It's just like trailer, maybe a little bit of talking, trailer, 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 right. trailer, right? And then all that later on for those that want to know more. So that's I don't know. Well, then I guess a better example of that is another game we have played that popped up in the montage of uh, Indie World, which was Creature in the Well. We went hands-on with that back at, or I went hands-on with that back at PAX East. So that's in episode 199 for anyone who wants to know. But it's a fun mashup. It's basically 2D Zelda mixed with pinball. So it's kind of cool that that got more attention. As a release date now, September 6th, which is so soon. It might be up by the time anyone actually is listening to this. Um, or some people are listening to this. This will be up for a week. But uh, yeah, now that I think about it, actually, Scaleboy also is in the montage, which you tried at GDC, didn't you, Angel? I tried, but the developers were so unhelpful that I couldn't, I just didn't bother. Like progressing that's fair i mean i, I mean liked, i, I like the concept i mean i was it. trying to play for like 15 minutes trying to like get across and either like the game was it working and yeah they they just didn't care they were just like good luck did did i don't remember did you actually give impressions in the gdc packs episode we did at 199 i feel like you gave some sort of impressions but probably I what, what i just said uh well you can go here a second i mean time i don't know it looks like it has potential but like <laughs> yeah. the developers just like the way like they kind of handle people demoing their demo, just kind of rubbing the wrong way. So I'm kind sure. of like, hey, I don't care about this game. Right, that's fair. But yeah, I mean, beyond and beyond just the ones that we know, like there are some cool, like true classic indies that are now on Switch that popped up, like you know, Super Hot My uh, Hotline Miami, Super Hot. Thank you. Yeah, well, Super I, Hotline Miami, damn. Super Hotline Miami. Super Hotline <laughs> Miami. Oh, that'd be a great crossover. <laughs> so of the two, which is like the one worth paying atten- more attention to? If you had to pick one, or have you played Super Hot? Yeah, I played a little bit of Super Hot. Super Hot, like more for VR or anything. It like, was originally, but then they just no, I know it is originally. Yeah, no, but... they mapped it to motion controls with Switch, so you yeah, have like the uh... bubble effect, like the Google Maps on Wii U had. Hmm. But uh, which which of those two are more noteworthy? Yeah, yeah I, I feel opinion. like the one that feels more at home is probably Hotline Miami. Just a quick and easy uh, game to get into. Right. Retro looking, and you have two of them in there. Yeah, so. yeah, the collection. Yeah, catchy cool. music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it's a great soundtrack. And super hot just says super hot a lot. Just at the end of the super hot, super hot. When does it actually say that? At the end of every level, once once you actually beat it. That's slightly unnecessary. No, I didn't didn't, didn't (laughs) get too far into it, so I don't know if he ever decided, if the announcer ever decided to to say something (laughs) else aside from super hot. But any other words? No, super hot's pretty fun. It's cool. Makes you feel like John Wick a little bit. Oh yeah, because it's all like. Slow. Is it? It's, it's, it's all based, style. Right? Yeah. So, so when you time, move, the bullet moves. Well, yeah. When you move, uh, your enemies move. So it uh, gives you, okay. it gives you time to think about, like, all right, what am I going to do right here? Hmm. Am I going to grab the gun out of his hands? Or am I just going to dodge? Am I going to throw something at him? Yeah. It's it's super fun. Right. Gotcha. Of course, um, every time we talk about our games, we've talked about four people know, but there were a lot of new, interesting games that people don't know that popped up in the indie world presentation. And uh, like I said, there's no way to cover them all. There's 29. 
but we can kind of cherry pick the ones that caught our eye, talk about those. So we all sort of pulled together a list over the last few days, which I feel like mostly ended up being me. But nonetheless, thought yeah, we'd these impressionable. So. Uh, well, it's not even like they're necessarily going to be good or bad. They're just interesting or they stand out for one reason or another. And to kind of just work our way down the presentation. I guarantee you, Jason was watching that direct. And anytime there was motion on the screen, he was clapping his hands and giggling. It's true. I'm actually a toddler. Like a seal. Yeah, that is exactly right. Um, anytime Nintendo presents anything, I'm just sitting there going like, yay, the whole time. <laughs> that is really how I picture you it, whenever. It, yeah. Like, and I kick my feet up and I'm like kind of like wobbling on the back of my butt. Yeah, it's, it's a grand old time. But anyway, to kind of just go down the presentation in terms of the things that made me go yay. Um, I think the first one that jumped at me was that game Freedom Finger. Now, to be honest, I feel like the game's trying really hard to be kind of wacky and crazy, maybe a little too hard. Uh, but the yeah, base. When have they barely tried? Doesn't it come off though like it's really trying hard? Like it's Not so. Really. I don't know. It just feels like it's really. Anyway, the the point is, basic premise is that there's 37 uh, classics like side score shooter levels. Um, but then they kind of overlaid it with like an Adult Swim aesthetic. So it's got the ridiculous humor. It has the exact art style you think of whenever you hear the words Adult Swim. It has major voice talent in the form of uh, Nolan North and John DiMaggio and Eric Bowser and uh, Sam Rigel, who are, for people I don't know, the likes of Nathan Drake and so Ben. How do you really say his name? And which Sam Rigel? Isn't it? Oh, I thought it was Sam Rigel. Uh, yeah, I always thought it was Sam Rigel. I, I, I thought the IE would make it Rigel and no I would make it Regal. I don't know. I, I, I've R-I-E. heard it pronounced that way before. We'll go with uh, Regal. I don't know. But anyway, it's Nathan Drake, Bender. Um, what does Eric Bowser play? Uh, John DiMaggio? No, what? No, no, no. What does... We said Bender. No, 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 no. I'm saying it's the equivalent of Nathan Drake, Bender, Eric uh, Bowser, who I think is in Super Jail. Maybe. Eric Bowser's in a lot of stuff. Yeah, and um, and then the voice of Phoenix, right? He's Tiger Claw, Ninja Sam Turtles, and Splinter, the new Ninja Turtles. Oh, there we go. But anyway, so I'm it's, on it's, Marvin the Martian and some other them. Yeah. Oh, he's on a ton. Yeah, he's he's like the new does every voice character guy. Interesting. Probably Wait. the biggest voice actor right now, if I had to guess. Oh, and I didn't couldn't even name a single one. At least I said his name correctly. But yeah, so there's them, and then also taking a play out of the Adult Swim playbook, they set it all to a soundtrack of music you'd expect from like Adult Swim's bumpers or at least their festivals, meaning you know people DJs like Com, uh, Com Trues and Aesop Rock mm-hmm. and like all these different acts and rock acts and whatnot. But here's the thing. Here's why I caught my eye. Under all that is actually some cool ideas for the genre. Like, first off, there's a simple fact that this thing is set to music at all. Like, shmups in general are very much, you know, you try and find a rhythm and memorize the enemy pattern, but it's not actually set to a rhythm as much. I think just shapes and beats is maybe, like, the one exception to that. But this, but that's a totally different type of uh, shooter than this is. So it's kind of cool to see Free and uh, Finger actually like, integrate music so directly and have, like, enemies and boss fights and level events all match up to the song that's playing and be in sync with the music and that sort of thing so that's one thing that's kind of cool the second thing that i thought was kind of cool is um the finger the game's named after it's attached to a hand and that hand actually has close combat so you're not just shooting from afar like a normal shmup would do you're actually flying up close you're punching you're grabbing you're you know doing like melee attacks and then anything you grab can become either a shield or a weapon so it's not just like a typical weapon system where oh the weapon you have is powered up or oh you pick your it loadout in advance like it's in Octo real time get on or whatever that game is called what which the one by the plants versus zombie dude where you're like an octopus and each limb is like a different weapon and you could collect different weapons based on what your tentacles have and yeah so there's like you pretty much have like crab claws that you could launch and then if you collect like say like a bird then that becomes a new arm as you think so oh, it's like a new weapon interesting it's, so it's, much kind the same of, thing. it's like two it, it, it's a, like a a shmup that just 
evolve over time depending on what you collect. So it's basically two um, ways to skin a cat in a way. Yeah, they're, 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 <laughs> they're, I'm sorry, skin a cat? <laughs> Is it that expression? Alive? No. There's or, more than one way to skin a cat. There's more than one way to skin a cat. So I've there's, never heard is, that expression. Oh, I've only heard it in real. 101 Dalmatians. But. And, and that's my go-to for all uh, colloquial <laughs> expressions. So, No, but yeah, it's, it's interesting that two people... They both have a very different have, feel, but yeah. it's both the same idea. It's like they both start with the same premise and just went in different directions. Yeah, I just like how this one seems more like... You, the thing about those shooters, and I think even the octopus one to some extent falls under this, is you keep your distance from the enemies. But this one, the hand's not that big, so you really have to go in and be like really on top of them, which is more than... A lot of shmups. That's kind of how it stands out, at least to me. You're a shmup. Thanks. I'll take that as a compliment because those are fun games. Uh, but yeah, we'll Schmuck. see. We'll see if it actually pans out that way. Um, I mean, I plan to keep an eye on it. It's out in less than a month. I'm totally ignoring your guys' shmup comments. It's out in less than a month on. The... Well, you're not ignoring <laughs> it. You're you're ignoring it. it. I know. I know. Good but job, Jason. I'm ignoring thanks. you guys. I'm getting... guys, no, guys, I'm guys, I need you to you know. Guys. I need you to know. I ignored you. Um, but yeah, it's out September 27. So we should know soon enough how it holds up. When does the octopus one come out? Is that coming to Switch? I'm pretty sure it is, because I remember seeing the trailer on the eShop. It might not already be out. I honestly don't know. I will look it up. I don't even know if it's published under PopCap Games. It might be... No, it's uh, spent, It's an indie project. It's yeah, I know that he, he went on his own, because he is doing a Plants vs. Zombies 3, which I'm curious about, because I really like the first one. Didn't play the second. So, But the third one looks like it's jumping to 3D visuals, kind of like just how wait. Garden Warfare did, so... Yeah, just wait. Uh, there's a new Garden Warfare coming too, I believe. Oh yeah, you mentioned that. And in the last podcast. it's probably coming to Switch. See, I listen. Yeah, good job. Uh, <laughs> anyway, I feel like um, the next on the list here. I feel like it's sim. I'm into this one similarly because of uh, Free and Finger and how it like does something different with the genre or Octopus Game does. Um, Octagon. Octagon, and that is this game Skater XL, which seems to be offering something different from traditional skateboard games because so, it's doing away with pre can It came out on February 8th. But not on Switch. On, on Switch? Okay. So maybe it'll come to Switch later. Possibly. Maybe. Yeah. I'm on the Nintendo page right now. Well, let's go with that. Yeah, yeah we'll anyway. just say eventually. But anyway, I've got... Oh, yeah, it's been out. It came out in May. On Switch? Yeah. Oh. Huh. It's and we call ourselves a Nintendo podcast. Oh, it's 8.88. Get it? Because Octopus. That's pretty yeah. good. Yeah. Wow. I I really hope they're like, oh man, this game is worth a lot more, but we need to like, we need to get that title. It's either it either has to be eight dollars and eight cents or eighty eight dollars eighty eight cents or eight hundred and eighty eight dollars or eight or eight thousand eight hundred. One person will buy it. No one will buy it at that price. Somebody will, somebody will buy it just specifically just do. because of the price. Well, it's, it's, it's like, like that iPhone game. Just for the clever, joke. Like, yeah, they'll yeah. like they'll screenshot it. Yeah, like Twitter popularity for a little while. It's like that uh, iPhone app way back when the iPhone first came out where it was $1,000 and all you got was a picture of a diamond on your screen and someone bought it. Oh yeah, the I'm Rich. Yeah, the I'm Rich app. app. Yeah, yeah. Oh, jeez. Yeah, that's a real thing. Uh, but anyway, the next... It was you, wasn't it? I wish. <laughs> no, it wasn't. I went with $1,000 on a virtual diamond. Um, you don't it, believe it an, If it was a Nintendo diamond, I feel like it would. I, nope. I'm not even buying a Switch Lite and that's only $200. <laughs> um, anyway... What was I talking about? Skater. Skater, Skater XL. XL. Yeah, so this one's also kind of interesting because it, at least to me, because, um, so it's a skateboarding game, but they Jason don't was a skater have, up. I was not at all. I was the polar opposite. I think that's kind of what attracts you to it is like, I was the opposite of a skater. Like I, one time I got on a skateboard senior year of high school and half a second later I fell off the skateboard, landed on my arm, dented my bone on my arm, and then the Switch came out two months later and I couldn't even play it properly because I couldn't move my arm Is correctly. that why you do that weird thing with your arm every once in a while when you're playing games? I have no idea what that means. Well, I'm, I'll, I'll just have to point it out. Yeah, we'll we'll record you while you're playing. Games. Sure, that's not creepy. But anyway, so I never really did the skater thing, but obviously, like 
it's been around and like the Tony Hawk games I always thought were really fun and like there's that movie mid 90s which was cool <laughs> a couple like a year ago. Tina, I like I really it. want to watch it but anyway all that skateboarding stuff when I saw Scary I'm like oh this is kind of interesting because it, it's a skateboarding game but they did away with canned animations so it apparently uses some sort of realistic physics engine and how you choose to perform the trick the input the approach all that will actually impact how it plays out and then there's a built-in instant replay editor so you can actually go show off presumably online through like switches sharing tools or whatever um, your unique tricks you're doing and it's basically capturing the whole like from mid 90s or really from skateboard culture that that's based on the whole idea of like trying to do a crazy trick and make like a skate video and put it online and that's or share it with friends back in the 90s or whatever so it's kind of interesting that's like the video game version of that i don't know if they're gonna nail it or not but conceptually it's kind of cool yeah it's it's cool but i i like my skateboarding games um arcade. more arcadey yeah, yeah arcadey so over the tony hawk than a skate yeah like, like tony hawk 2 like where you're jumping over a helicopter with the spinning blades or you're like in space and like the it's like you're playing on a platoon like um splat fest stage where like everything's like shifting right. around yeah yeah because this definitely seems more you get to be... play spider-man or the iron maiden dude and you're like doing all these crazy stuff this is definitely more like EA Skate and not like what you're saying, but I do appreciate what you're saying because Tony Hawk was my go-to like extreme sports game in the early 2000s. You know, like it the was era like of advance. Yes, crazy. no, I was about yes, that's what I was about to say. I mean, it was the era of um, Tony Hawk and Dave Mirror BMX and aggressive inline. Anyone remember well, yeah, that? There one? Game on the game called XXX. There was BMX XXX, BMX-X. which oh, was yeah. banned from being sold at Walmart and Toys R Us because it was too raunchy. And apparently, there was like about a, it. They tried to make it as raunchy as possible. Well, uh, that was the whole we'll premise. Speak, we'll speak after the podcast. There, it, 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 so we raunchy. can't do this on Uncensored yeah. Podcast, but it was raunchy enough that Walmart and Toys R Us said we're not selling it. It was raunchy huh. enough that people... Not just because in, of the title. Just no, the, the whole game had like nudity and like all sorts of weird sex things. And, yeah. Huh. Interesting. Someone at Acclaim was like, what if it was a BMX game, but it was also like jackass on steroids and sexual, and we put it on one thing. And apparently every step of the way, red flags were raised by people inside Acclaim. And no one was like, yeah, we should stop this. Like, I was like, this is dumb. Who's going to buy this? And sure enough, no one bought it. Well, that's a footnote in history. So Yeah, yeah. But, um, and aggressive inline. And I already said that one. But I just love the fact that there was an extreme rollerblading game with the name of aggressive inline. <laughs> also from Acclaim. But, uh, yeah, no, Tony Hawk was like the king of them all, for sure. Like, I, Tony Hawk 2 on Game Boy Advance. What's he doing nowadays? Uh, well, Tony Hawk, the series, Pro Skater, just turned 20 this week. Or this month. But is it? He himself, games? they're not making new ones currently, but he himself seems to be. I mean, there was a... Wouldn't it be fair to say that it died when the last one came out and it never made it to 20? There was a... Um, if it still had a new game, then Anniversary, I would... anniversary, not birthday. Okay, all right, there you go. I think he has a game on, on mobile called Tony Hawk Skate. No. Well, that's that, just confusing. No, no, it's no, no, it's no, it's not. <laughs> is it like, I, oh, you have to gotcha collect skaters and... You know, I'm, oh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure and how... spawn it, rates are like 2% for I'm, the five-star skater. I'm not sure how it plays. It... But it looks like it's just a mobile version of, of the Tony Hawk games, right? Kind of the, the best mobile Tony Hawk, though. You already sort of said this, Angel. Downhill Jam. It, actually, that one was really good. No, I was kidding. I, Downhill Jam is not a good game. I enjoyed it when I demoed it. I never played the full. Well, there's a difference between enjoying a good game was that. Yeah, yeah. There's a difference between enjoying a game. We actually way back when Ram Town was. Yeah, a we were step by step. We enjoyed the he- like the heck out of Sonic I, R. Yeah, so. I was gonna say way back when uh, Ram Tenna first was like a daily blog back when I was in high school. We interviewed Toys for Bob, the developers of Downhill Jam, before it came out, and they like actually. I don't know if intentionally or not, but like told us things I don't think were known yet, and then we published them. I think we broke news on features of that game. I don't Are they still remember. I don't. Uh, Toys for Bob, don't they make Skylanders? No, that's Vicarious Visions who makes Skylanders. But oh. Toys for Bob's still around too. Or made, past tense. Actually, Vicarious Visions, going back to Tony Hawk on Game Boy, because I keep trying to go to that, but keep getting sidetracked. Um, 
that was their like coming out game. That was their big like when they showed off their skill because Tony Hawk Two on Game Boy Advance, probably the best portable Tony Hawk oh, game. Oh, Twister Ball Spyro Reignited. Which game? Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Tony Hawk Two on Game Boy Advance was probably the best portable Tony Hawk game. And mm. Skylanders. Did you ever play? Tony I was Hawk's, right. Uh, they didn't start Skylanders. They hopped on later. Well, I thought you meant who like made Skylanders, not who like well, I mean, did, they a, did Activision assign I mean, years they later. Did a bunch of Skylanders, damn. But Vicarious Visions was the lead studio for yeah. Skylanders. Uh, to your point, which yeah. one did you say was the best? Tony Hawk 2 on Game Boy Advance. Back me up, Angel. I will dispute no, that. definitely uh, not. The Tony, Hawk's, uh, one. Tony Hawk's American Skate Land on the DS. Okay, that one's actually very good. That, yeah. that game yeah. was awesome. I only played so, the part, part 2, so I have no... So here's the reason I think Tony Hawk... Okay, it's, it's the nostalgia. Rose-tinted glasses with Tony Hawk 2 on Game Boy. But I remember it was a launch title for Game Boy Advance. And it felt like it was fully three. Like obviously it was sprites, but the movement was fully three dimensional. Even though you're using, and a you were D-pad. stuck on the two thirds camera, like it's a right. Weird it, was RPG. Isom- it was isometric, isometric yeah. but it's still. Think about like you buy a Game Boy. You come from a Game Boy Color. You go to Game Boy Advance. Everything starts going. It's Mario. It's Rayman. And then there's that. That was technically really impressive for its time. It felt like like I remember being like, "How is this even possible?" And it played well. Like I played it a lot. I but... mean, it was a launch game, so what else are you gonna play? Well, I had Rayman, I had Mario. That's it. Wow. <laughs> Those two. But no, I was really, I was, I was impressed. Mario, by like it. Mario World? No, Mario 2, right? Mario 2, yeah. Yeah, Mario 2. Um, but yeah, and even like, I even went back for a few years and kept playing it. Like, it wasn't like just a launch game thing for me. I, I was really impressed by it. But, and it, I mean, whether or not it was good or not, I guess, by Karis Visions, it was the thing that blew him up. Jason's Game of the Decade. Because I, I didn't say that, but it, uh... <laughs> You know, they went on to do all sorts of stuff after they had success with this. I mean, they did um, all the Guitar Heroes for Nintendo platforms. They did Skylanders. They oh, did the Guitar Hero all DS. dead franchises. What? <laughs> all dead franchises. Well, but at the time, they were at their peak. No, yeah. Yeah, course. okay, fine. Here's one. Marvel Ultimate Alliance on Wii. That was them. And now it's back. So that one's alive. But well. they're not the ones that worked But on they made it. the original. Which I was guess, dead. Right. Yeah. Hmm? Which died. Well, of course it died. All games stopped being sold at some point. It's two generations old. What no, do you like mean? their run of it. Like it's not like they went back. Yeah. Like, hey, you guys made a killing with this series. We want you back for the third one. I guess the history of a developer doesn't matter. They haven't done anything in the last year. <laughs> but but uh, wait, Toys for Bob? No, uh, Vicarious <laughs> Visions. Oh, um, but yeah. So I don't know. Well, they lived up to their name, I guess. Vicarious P- Visions. I guess. Or very, very vicarious. Anyway, I don't know what Skater XL is going to be like compared to Tony Hawk, compared to Skate, compared to any of that. But it sounds like the closest we're going to get to any sort of skateboarding game in this day and age on Switch. So if you're interested, it comes out in 2020. And um, considering real skateboards and me don't mix, I might check it out because there, there seems to be some potential there. But while, while we're on games that have to do with physics, because this one's all about physics, uh, what did you guys think of Europa in the trailer, in the indie world? Because it was probably the most like, oh, this looks really high end <laughs> like the graphics look really like polished um, and it's also physics based unfortunately i guess not much it didn't really catch my attention unfortunately yeah also didn't grab me hmm. not not a lot of these did if i'm uh, yeah no a fair amount did i think look, honestly like like say what you will about the graphics like yeah they're great whatever but like the gameplay or just like what like it's platforming of what it's doing with like it's Mario Galaxy, it's Mario Galaxy thing. meets Splatoon with a hint of Portal, like immediately, basically. like just kind of like made me go like, oh okay, like I'm, I'm good. Yeah, it, it's interesting because the, what caught my eye was how I mean, it looked, it's... and what caught my eye was the concept. We're... But then the actual puzzle gameplay they showed was really it's just like it, you're touching honestly, tiles. Like, on, honestly, I was more, I, 
am more interested in that one game that I played at was it GD? No, not GDC. At E3 that you showed me, where you're like kind of the same idea. You're like in this 3D world, but it's like a puzzle where everything rotates around. Except this one, it has kind of a different concept. Remember, everything is like very artsy looking, and if you oh, fall down, oh, at E3, the MC Escher come to life game. Yeah, and if you yeah. keep falling, you can fall down forever and eventually called. land on yeah. it. Yeah. Like, everything just repeats on loop forever if you fall down, and you could fall, like... Echochrome? No, no, no. 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 Like, it's, like, it's like a first-person... Like, 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 say, like, you're jumping from... You're trying to jump to a platform that's, like, 20 feet away. Obviously, you can't make that jump, but if you fall down, you'll keep falling down forever until you eventually land on that place that's 20 feet away because everything just endlessly loops. Yeah. And you could also rotate everything around. Like, that seemed more interesting. But I think we've just come to a point where we've just played so many games over the years and played so many different concepts that... I don't know. It feels like we've already played something, even if we haven't. Yeah, you know what's... And that's kind of what I feel about this game. I feel like I've already played it. Europa. Yeah, it, it's fine, because I initially... Obviously, nothing wrong with it. If someone right. else has them played the games we have, then that's... that's I, I initially was just like, oh, this looks pretty. What is this? And I looked it up, and here's the part where I'm like, oh, the thing is, it's been out on Steam for like a year, apparently. Actually... Good Isn't that review. like every indie game on here? Like, no, oh, no, actually, no, Skater, I know most of them. Skater I, I, wasn't, Freedom Finger I know, isn't. But, the but, ones I'm calling out mostly aren't for that. I know, but most, the tourists won't be in most indie games like, that, I, that I come across, and I'm like, oh, this is really cool. Or like like when I heard of Ultimate Chicken Horse, and then like Kevin told me, like, oh, yeah, like, you should like keep an eye on this one. And it's like been out for, like I think, a year or two. Yeah, it's, point. it's been out for a while already. But yeah, in, in this case, the reason I was saying it's been on Steam for years, it got like really good reviews a year ago. So even though at the gameplay, like I was saying, like the puzzles... You touch tiles. I don't know how exciting that is. But, like, something about it apparently is very good. <laughs> so that's kind of like, oh, maybe it looks good for a reason in terms yeah. of graphics. I don't know. But, yeah, like, it's... Yeah, and like I said, like, I'm sure it looks good, but I don't know. It, it feels like Bender done that, I guess. I, I think the one interesting thing about it when I was reading up on it, because, they, again, they didn't explain things in Indie World at all, which I know, Kevin, you sort of liked. But the whole game... Ha- okay, so it comes with a level editor. But the level editor is actually how they built the game. So anything the developers are able to do in the story, you're able to do kind of a similar thing on your own, or you're able to maybe even do more than what they do. Like, it's not like a game where it's like, here's the real game, and here's, like, the level editor. It's, like, half the game. It's They built the whole game using their level editor. So it uh, makes me wonder, like, if they have an online sharing thing, I don't know if they do. Presumably they do, but if they do, that could potentially mean you basically get endless full-quality levels, assuming people know how to use the tools correctly. But that's also something that's not new. Little Big Planet use the oh, yeah, developers yeah. use the same the same tools that did is the big plant made off the editor they built for people mm-hmm. oh okay yeah fair he I does, mean, he don't, does don't, look don't, a little like Sackboy. don't get me <laughs> don't get don't get me wrong that's still it's still cool but no i get what you mean yeah the, that's not something that i'm like oh no way anymore especially nowadays right we're a cynical bunch in the heat aren't we no but um, i was gonna say the, the i think there's one that also visually was cool that hopefully maybe caught your guys attention it caught my attention because of who it's by um and that was the tourist from uh shannon who i used to always call shinen and then in the presentation they called him shannon and i'm like have i been saying shannon as shinen incorrectly i mean it's a lot of shannon because it's it's a shin. oh yeah wait perspiration update from kevin i'm like at 20 percent right now he's at like 20 percent right now yeah like I said, anyway, Shannon, Shannon. I've always pronounced it as Shin. I mean, it's a Shin, and then there's like a star or some symbol, and then it's it's like N. So right. I don't know why you would say Shinen is like the E is not even after. Well, you just said Shin. So Shin star N should be Shinen according to you, That's but it. it's Shannon, like E N. Well, it's still more correct than Shinen. Whatever. Point is, I, we've all been saying it wrong. Apparently, it's apparently Shannon. All right. Anyway, again. anyway, <laughs> what? There's that we again. 
Well, two. Yeah, you're. I. I. You haven't. You're good. How did you used to say it? Did you ever say it? No, never. <laughs> never. I'm just saying. <laughs> there we go. Don't let me into but, this mess. Okay, but uh, yeah. The the regardless of their name, it's a very visually cool game. Um, it looks which, cool. It looks which, cute. Yeah, it shouldn't be a huge surprise. It's that cool looking because like Shannon, not Shannon, not Shannon. Um, in Nintendo circles is known for visually cool games like Fast Racing, Fast Remix, uh, and. Going there was a game on the Wii U that I really, really loved by then. It was Jet Rocket. No. Okay. Not even close. Art of Balance. Don't even try. Um, they also had one on the 3DS. It was Nano like, Assault. Yeah, Boom. yeah, Nano Assault. Thank you. Oh, it took me three tries. Yeah, no, I love that game. Which is pretty much just like the Nintendo version of Stardust because we didn't have yeah. Stardust. Yeah, that's actually what's kind of interesting. Is like if you look at what Shannon makes, they basically go through and do. They keep doing a different genre. So they did like the 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 um puzzle game thing with Art of Balance. They did the uh, shmup thing with Nano Assault and Nano Assault Neo. They did obviously the racing with Fast Racing. They even did like the Mario style the 3D with Jet I mean, they love the Rocket. Voxel. Yes, exactly. And what's interesting about um, the Taurus, which for some reason they spell it with a Y, is uh, it's basically Voxel Link's Awakening. Like it's very similar graphically. It's, um, you know, they got like the really cool lying effects, the tilt shift angles. They add one little thing where they... Um, have like real world weather effects on top so if it's raining it looks like your little lego sets being rained on which is mm-hmm. kind of cool but yeah for the most part this is basically their version of a zelda game kind of the premise is that your vi- or the marketing premise how they're pitching it is you're visiting an island and you just kind of live your best vacation life you talk to npcs you go around the island there's Animal an arcade Crossing. with mini with mini games including a retro version of fast that's basically super nintendo f-zero which is kind of cool um, you go for a swim, you explore the island. So yeah, it kind of sounds like Animal Crossing on the outset. But then as I was reading previews and learning a bit more, the island exploration you do ends up becoming a bigger and bigger part because that's what actually matters. Because what you do is you go and complete little puzzle dungeons. And that in turn opens up new parts of the island or new islands to go explore with more and more dungeons. So you're basically doing baby Zelda dungeons in between your explorations. So it's maybe almost like a rune factory. I don't know. But it's um, it's kind of like Diet Zelda is how I'm viewing it. And it, it, but in sort of like the relaxing genre, like Animal Crossing, like Harvest Moon, like Go Vacations, open world mode. Um, I think, so I think that's kind of interesting. What's attracting me is the visuals, at least. But, and, and obviously developers' pedigree. Like, Shannon has a really good pedigree. But uh, I, I, yeah, I don't know. It's, I don't know if I'm sold on the premise as much as I'm sold on how it looks. <laughs> so we'll have to see. It kind of reminds me of, what's that elephant game? Remember the Elephant uh, Zelda a couple years ago? It's kind of like that, but voxely. Yeah, I definitely I passed hard on that one just because it just looked like another bender done that. Like, right. Except with an elephant. It's like, alright, yeah. it's not going to make me get it just because you have put an elephant in a Zelda game. <laughs> it was an adorable elephant, though. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping this one, because they have kind of the relaxation genre stuff, maybe goes a little more than just it's a Zelda, but it definitely has a Zelda vibe. Yeah. Yeah. It looks very pretty, though. It does. Cute um, looking game. Yeah, yeah. So those are a few of the games showed in the earlier part of the Indie World presentation that got to be featured one by one. But then came the Sizzle Reel, which had some interesting stuff like a game called Fogs, or yeah, I assume Fogs, in which you and I, I think another player together, um, control a dog, and you're each the head of the dog on opposite ends of the body. So it's like cat dog, but it's dog dog instead of cat dog because mm-hmm. they're both dogs. But together, you kind of use your stretchy body to like wrangle items and stuff. You have to like solve puzzles together. So that was kind of cool. And then there's another one called Hypercharge, which I think is basically a first-person shooter where you're a toy soldier. So it's basically uh, Army, Army Men on N64, yeah. but updated. 
so that could be kind of cool. But the one that started the reel is one that I know, Kevin, you've already sort of been dabbling in, with, his, yep. which is blas- Blasphemous. Blasphemous. The game, yes. not you dabbling in it. The action yes. is not Blasphemous. So, the blasphemous. Is, so does yeah. it look like more than 2D Dark Souls or more than that? Uh, I have the demo that I played. Oh, just uh, They released a demo on Steam, so I didn't really play this on Switch yet. I'm, I'm sure it'll run exactly the same on Steam. It's not a, a very visually demanding. It doesn't seem like a, a performance hog or anything like that. Uh, but yeah, it's 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 two D, which I'm not a fan of two D like sprite games a lot. But I'm also not a fan of like how Hollow Knight looks. I'm not a fan of that art style, and mm-hmm. that one's also very Dark Souls. But but yeah, from from the uh, about forty five minutes that I played on it on Steam, it is very Dark Souls. There's a uh, little checkpoints that once you touch them, all the enemies that you killed come back to life. Uh, your health gets replenished. And there's, you know, there's a, every item that you pick up has its own piece of lore to it that uh, you can read up if you want to. You don't necessarily have to, but yeah, it's a little on the challenging side. I beat the boss on my second try and I'm, I'm really looking forward to the final game. I've, I've been needing a Dark Souls fix after Bloodborne and Dark Souls 3. You want to replay Dark Souls on the Switch? No, because that game was already like really bad when it came out, uh-huh. and I can only imagine on the Switch. <laughs> it, you know what uh, Blasphemous actually kind of reminds me of? Is there's a game called Salt and Sanctuary. Yes, so I'm not a fan of, of how uh, Salt and Sanctuary looks. Uh, that game was developed by Ska Studios? Yeah, Ska Studios, I think. I think so. I should yeah, know. They uh, sent us a copy like a year ago. <laughs> I yeah, think so. that game... That did game, we talk about it? We did. That oh. game definitely looks more... Definitely looks closer to... Dark Souls than this one does. Yeah, this one has sort of the mechanics of Dark Souls, but this one has a very goth, like gothic inspired uh, visual style. While Salt and Sanctuary more I, Bloodborne than that was pretty gothy. Yeah, more gothy. That one was a little bit more Victorian Lovecraft, Lovecrafty. Oh. Uh, this one is more castles and stuff like that, which I guess so more Castlevania. To, yeah, it's definitely more Castlevania. That's why I know it's just in the footage that they yeah. put in the direct or the. Indie world. <laughs> yeah, well, Salt and Sanctuary is definitely a 2D Dark Souls. Yeah, no, this one just up, has the, the, Yeah, this one just has the mechanics of the Dark Souls, uh, which, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm cool with. I, I don't mind these kind of games. Well, if anyone doesn't have a way to play it on Steam, as in you don't have Steam, it's on Switch on September 10th. September 10th, yeah. Which is very soon. Yeah. Very soon. It actually started as a Kickstarter, I found yeah. out. Uh, developed by some guys called The Game Kitchen. Yeah. That that is a name. Yeah. It's easier to pronounce than Shinin, Shinin, Shinin. But yeah, so the same way that like, because when we, when we were making the list of what games we talked about, you're like, oh, Blasphemous. And the yeah. same way that sort of jumped out at you, what the golf in the sizzle reel jumped out at me. <laughs> I like the same, oh, hey, it's that game moment. Because what the golf, um, Angel, you and I tried it at E3 in 2018. I think it's entertaining. Yeah, so we tried it back on PC. They had it at an indie mixer where we went to, and it's kind of a hard game to forget about because, like, I actually like distinctly remember the developer's pitch when we walked up to the demo, or really the lack of one. We were asking them like, "What's the game's hook? Like, what makes it? What, what about it is like a unique golf game?" And they just wouldn't tell us. They just said, "Have you played a golf game?" Okay, this one controls similarly, and they handed us the controller. And I swing the club, and then instead of the ball going flying, I, the golfer, go flying. Like, ah, so that's what's going on here. And then every level after that just got more and more kind of ridiculous with different ideas. 
Um, you know, it's so like my golfer that has like a ragdoll physics sort of level one. And then um, it was kind of perfect introduction to the game because then you got to see like how wacky it could get. And that's basically what the game is, which is kind of cool. It's like you never actually play normal golf. They have a game engine set up for normal golf. Um, but then you just do things that are anything but. So there's the ragdoll, like I said. There's another where you're driving a car using golf physics. There's a third one um, where you're not going for the hole, but you're going for these other objectives around the level. There's some where you are going from the hole for the hole, but the hole moves on its own. Uh, but basically the through line through all this is you always have the golf-style gameplay. So you always have a cursor pointing where you want to go. Then you launch your club to hit the – or launch the object to send it forward. Um, and once that's established, basically anything goes within that very simple mechanic. So some holes look like golf courses. Some look like crazy different things. Um, the fun of it, at least in the demos, you never really know what's next. So it's kind of cool. It's actually kind of switched because it's going to be in the same vein as like uh, Pool Panic from Adult Swim Games last year. It's just this very simple idea. In that case, it's pool. In this case, it's golf. Of Here's a very basic mechanic you know from the real world. We're applying it to a video game, but then we're laying all hell break loose. and do whatever, you, whatever we could think of, and they just run with it. The amount of like wacky golf games that have come out in the last couple of years is crazy. Uh, yeah, Dangerous Golf in, I think that was about two or three years ago, mm -hmm. 100-foot robot golf, and now this. And of course, there's also, it's not really wacky, but the uh, you know something like Golf Story, where they're like, oh, what well, if we make golf yeah. an RPG, mm -hmm. which granted Mario Golf did first years ago, but... Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting how very unorthodox quirky... golf exactly, games. Exactly. Yeah, like... and then Pool Panic riffed on that with Pool. Mm -hmm. The difference with um, Pool Panic is it had like an overworld and like a story sort of. And I think what the golf is just you go level a level, kind of like a mobile game where it's just here's the next challenge and you just do it and try and get a high score. But yeah, it, it won't be hitting Switch or really any platform until 2020. Oh, I but... see what you did there. Ha! Huh. There won't be a yeah. I, I can't top that unintentional pun. But yeah, it won't be hitting until 2020. Um, but it was nice to see. Like, such a long time coming indie game finally be, be in the spotlight. Um, there's been a few of those these past couple weeks. Like, What the Golf, obviously, we haven't seen in over a year, and then it showed up. Moving Out, which is a new game from the guys that did Death Squared, is basically Overcooked, but for moving. Uh, that just got announced that Team 17, the publishers of Overcooked, are actually going to be picking that up as well. So that's coming next year, Switch. And then one I'm personally excited for, Untitled Goose Game, also just resurfaced just this past Friday with a launch date of September 20th, which is not only very soon but also the launch date of the Switch Lite, meaning that when the game is actually out, when people go buy their Switch Lights and go to the eShop for the first time, they'll be greeted by a giant goose, which is wonderful. <laughs> I mean, also Link will be there. It's the same day as Link's Awakening, but still, giant goose when you first boot up the eShop on your brand new Switch Lite is like pretty giant solid. Goose? It's a normal-sized goose. But he's going to be in a big header image, oh, so he's going to be a giant goose honking at you if you click him and watch the video. But yeah, that's... Um, you you played Untitled Goose Game, didn't you? Yeah, yeah we already talked about it at Nauseam here Did you, at the podcast. Yeah, yeah on like, it, it was like episode, it was a GC one, right? Yeah. Okay, go listen to that, folks. Um, yeah, Takeaway was good or bad? It's alright, it's fun. If you like puzzle games, you'll enjoy it. That's pretty much it. There we go. Full impression can be found in episode 199. But uh, back to my bar point. Lots of indies resurfacing out of nowhere now. Um, Shovel Knight There's another one that came up out of nowhere. So for a while, Yacht Club Games has been saying... The final DLC is coming, and then they're like, well, we don't have a date, but it's still coming. So King of Cards at some point is coming out, but then they also announced a multiplayer expansion for the game, kind of a game within a game called Shovel Knight Showdown, which is basically Smash Bros. with Shovel Knight in pixel art. Make of it what you will. But the one so I... basically Rivals of Ether. Yeah, essentially. Which was announced for Switch already, but I don't know when that's coming out. Indie games disappear for a while. That's my yeah, whole point. They, they take did, a while to resurface. And yet they did just announce, like, I guess, Steam Workshop compatibility. And then they're like, oh, we hired this professional artist who created a character. 
but yeah, still no Switch info. I mean, obviously the Switch doubt is gonna get that Steam Workshop. Listen, you could always play um, Smash Brothers. Yes, I know. Or Resident Evil or God of War. Yes, I well, know. Well, those are your personal. I meant, I meant. There's another. What's the 2D one that Ubisoft makes now? Or Ubisoft bought Brawlhalla. Brawlhalla. There we go. That's true. That one is free. Or there's also Brawl out, but I don't and think they really now has anything after the ukulele DLC. So. Brawlhalla, that's true, they haven't really. And, and Brawlhalla at least has um, the Adventure Time characters now as DLC for free. Uh-huh. If that interests anyone. But uh, no, the thing about Shovel Knight, so they have this fighting game, but then they also announced a separate, totally new spin-off sequel sort of thing called Shovel Knight Dig. It's being developed by uh, Nitrum, who did Bomb Chicken, which I think you actually talked about on the podcast once but i don't remember i definitely never played that one or, then what am i, I thinking it, of? i thought i talked about it then what but... am i thinking of i don't know do you play a game with a chicken and or a bomb i probably played a game with a chicken okay maybe i'm thinking of ultimate chicken horse and Bomberman. <laughs> but um yeah so those guys are making this new game it's a new story all new nights entirely new graphic style it's pixelated but higher res than shovel knight's been and um it has gameplay that's basically SteamWorld Dig or Mr. Driller. Uh, you know, lots of verticality, procedurally generated levels, the idea of emerging with more powerful items, only to then dig back down to find new areas. Um, for Shovel Knight in particular, it feels like a pretty noteworthy departure. Part like part of the original pitch of the series was is going to be about recreating the pixel perfect level design of like retro 8-bit games, but now they're kind of doing a 180 because they're like, oh, it's procedurally generated, and. I feel like this is just the latest franchise to hop on the whole I'm a roguelike now bandwagon that everyone seems to be doing. Which on one hand is fine. Like, Cancify Rule pulled it off well. But, like, we were talking before, you guys are bringing up isn't the that point that not, nothing feels... Isn't that one not roguelike? Cadence of Hyrule? Because I know... No, it is. I know, the, generated... I know Death of the Necro... Or Crypt of the Necro Death. So that one's definitely roguelike. But I want to say Cadence of Hyrule was actually... They're the same. Not No, like it, that one was actually like designed with intention. Which no, like more like, was, yeah. So they had, it's like different tile sets. Yeah, they had different tile sets that shuffle around. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, but so it's like a rogue. Like, like, it's felt, a rogue like like. Yeah. One felt <laughs> yeah. more structured than the other. Yeah. No, no cadence it's, is more structured. It's more structured, it's but, but like items are still randomly yeah. placed around the. Yeah. Gotcha. Around the, but yeah, I can't, I can't help but get the feeling that this rogue like thing. Yeah. Like, are they milking this a little too much? Like, is it gonna feel long the tooth very soon? In the same way that like two D artsy and D platformers did for it us. It felt really saturated a couple of years ago with stuff like uh, Enter the Gungeon, uh, Nuclear Throne. I can name a bunch of these. Right. Keep uh, on. Binding of Isaac. Binding of Isaac. Binding of Isaac was the exception because that that one. That was like the OG one. Kind oh of. yeah, that, that's the yeah. one that satisfy my roguelike oh, and then after that I'll like in the renaissance it yeah. wasn't the og roguelike but yeah. it was right. it was definitely the the og of the renaissance the yeah. og of the renaissance isn't that what's the one where like you start the game dead and you're like i want to say you're decapitated or something but it's like a 2d action game but that one's also a roguelike all the enemies are spawned oh dead cells dead cells yeah I think it's also... oh yeah yeah I can't recently. but yeah are we, are we gonna hit a wall here <laughs> like does SteamWorld, or SteamWorld, wow, I'm calling it SteamWorld because I was digging it. Does Shovel Knight need to make a roguelike? Can they just... I definitely don't think that we're seeing as many roguelikes as we saw a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. I just thought of another one. Uh, Rogue Legacy. That one has Rogue Ryan in the name. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I definitely think that we have... We're not seeing as many as we used to. And, I mean, a lot of people like Shovel Knight. I, I really dug it. Ha! We've corrupted him. It took three episodes. That's all it took. I'm so proud right now. Uh, uh, So proud. Like a proud papa? Pretty much. (laughs) You are my podcast children. (laughs) 
Oh, God, no. <laughs> uh, uh, this has been my last episode, folks. I hope you guys... I need a... What's that, what's that paper I could sign? Emancipation or whatever? Man, yeah, Emancipation Papers. Yeah. Well, Emancipation Proclamation. Good luck finding that for a podcast. But, um, yeah, it, okay, so maybe I'm being a little too overreactive. I mean, well, I'm probably going to get it because I actually like the look of it a lot. I'm just kind of like, are we going to hit a wall where, like... Well, I think it's cool it. I think it's fine when when it's just like a skinned roguelike. Like people like Shovel Knight, so let's just make that type of game yeah. with the Shovel Knight skin on it. Uh, that's much. I think that's much easier to swallow than an entirely brand new game. Yeah, cause yeah I feel like right. if it's a brand new game, you're going to be like, oh, I already played enough of these. But if right. it's like you know, like if that a series just, you're already into, mm-hmm. then yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. Um, there's one. Unless there are any other thoughts on Shovel Knight, there's one more indie we have to talk about from Indie World that before we forget, which is Ori and the Blind Forest, which I believe was one that you called out on our list, Angel. Well, you told me find something I'm interested in. Yep. So you said you're interested. So go ahead, please yeah. continue. Um, I'm definitely <laughs> not so much interested in the game, just more interested in like its art style and direction. Cause damn, that game looks amazing. Like. I really just want to know, like, the making of that game. Just because it's visuals, like, it's a 2D platformer, but it has this really amazing-looking 3D slash flashy look, like, flash animation look to it that kind of just kind of perplexes me. Like, I don't know how they did it. Like, I just want to know... It's how... all hand-painted, by the way. Yeah, that's it. Like, it looks amazing. And then, like, the sequel, like, looks even more crazy. Like, I don't know. Yeah. It's definitely one of those games that, like, obviously, like, pushed its art style and direction like that, like, to the limit. Like, nothing looks... There isn't a two D platform right now I could think of that looks that like shocking or that like just that beautiful off the top of my head. The gameplay looks fine. <laughs> it is. It, 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 it's it, a it, Metroidvania. It looks like a run of the mill like like reactive platformer. Like I'm sure it's fun, but I'm definitely in it more for like just its looks. Like look. yeah, it's one of the few games that just like hooked me on how it looked. And damn, it it's a looker. I don't know why they, it's a looker, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's it's supposedly well gameplay wise. It's no, supposedly yeah, I mean, I've only Metroidvania. ever heard really good things about it. Like, yeah. it, I mean, apparently, it gets really hard at the end. Like the last E3 press conference, like when they showed off the sequel, like it was like one of the, like the last game they showed, or one of the yeah. games that that got like a huge reaction. So like, it's obviously like a really big deal, right? But kind of a shame that it sounds like we probably won't get a se- the sequel. We may, we may. It, it's hard to say, but um, I mean, I hope so because I don't want to buy an xbox just to play that well see there's two ways of looking at it because like i think it is it on PC? microsoft it, it is, it on is. Oh, and it'll probably it'll be on game pass so whatever game pass shows up on but that that's what kind of struck me interesting about ori is um is game pass a pc thing also or what yeah it is yeah oh wait yeah. Is it a and mac a tv thing? thing no it's not, not yet for, for mac yet they want to get it all over so give it time hmm. but you could get it on like an xbox <laughs> Um, no, but I was going to say that as, uh, the thing that kind of, like, blew my mind about Ori, and to your point about, like, how do you play it, where do you play it, like, how weird is it that there's an Xbox logo in a Nintendo presentation? Like, we've kind of been primed for this. We had, you know, the Microsoft Shout for Cuphead, we had Banjo and Smash, but to see an actual Xbox, Microsoft. we've had cross-play, but to the see... The fact that you have to log into a Microsoft account to play yeah. Minecraft. Yeah, or, yeah, even that, but, like, I don't know, just seeing the actual Xbox logo specifically was kind of different but it, it is they are going that way that's i don't think you can you should rule out that the sequel won't come to switch because because here's the thing like for microsoft it makes sense at least for now to start putting some of this old stuff on the system right because like or in the blind forest and the old a, stuff like even like the old nintendo exclusive games or in exclusive indie started making their way to other stuff yeah well that yeah but that's a little different because microsoft actually funded cuphead and oh you're, bought, right, you're right, you're right and owns yeah, this, just... this is them 
regular yeah, I mean, but, they're kind of just waiting for the contract to finish to make more money yeah but what, what's interesting about this to me is like it's it okay so the original game was four years old now the sequel or the sequel the definitive edition which is what switch game is getting with extra difficulties and a quicker map and new areas and all that is three years old so in the same way that nintendo is kind of using its mobile de- mobile device games to kind of share their ips with new audiences and hopefully get them to buy into future installments on switch i feel like microsoft's going well we got will of the wisps coming out i think that's what the sequel's called right yeah um what if we try and track more people to it by having the first one on switch and you know the same way that a mobile phone person might go buy a switch maybe a switch person will go buy an xbox to play some of this yeah not if they have a ps4 already but even then you never know maybe if there's enough exclusives it'd be worth their while but um, the, the fun layer in this scenario is that the installing on Xbox doesn't have to mean it's on Xbox hardware because Game Pass, like we were saying before, it's playable on Game Pass. And there is a chance it's coming to Switch, Game Pass. Just out of curiosity, are there any exclusive on Xbox or PS4 that you wish were on Switch? Ignoring the fact whether um, it could even like like run on Switch, just ignore, pretend that any game could run on it. Persona 5. I'm just curious I if there's like say that. I'm just curious if there's like a game that you've always like just been curious about, but you're like, well, it's not on there, so there's no problem. I think there was more so last generation uh, Uncharted. Oh, you okay? I'd be curious about Uncharted. Um, Interesting. Spider-Man on PS4. Oh, you would be. Yeah, yeah I would be. Um, R.I.P. Spider-Man in the MCU. Um, who? else what else on the xbox side like i really like forza horizon or sorry forza horizon Wait, you like them driving sims no that's not the sim one that, that's that the, arcade the arcade one. it's oh, so fun okay. i every e3 I, I, I that they have it at i make sure to go demo just because it's the only fix i get of it it's really fun and then they have like the lego cars in it oh, um okay. some of the stuff they showed at the xbox conference when i was there that i'm forgetting not the big stuff like gears whatever but there are some smaller projects. I'm like, oh, that'd be cool. But then I forgot what they were. Yeah, Cyberpunk would be nice. The most interesting stuff is the usual, the more indie stuff. Yeah, so. yeah. But and and the thing is, like, I don't think it's not a possibility that it's going to be on Switch. It won't physically be on Switch. We're not going to get a cartridge of it. But they want Game Pass on as many devices as possible. So even if Ori and the Blind Forest comes to Switch as a real game, bless you. Tight. Bless you. Tight. Will you calm down? God can only bless you so many times. That's why I like saying Kazunte, although technically it's just Jerry for bless you. Or just wait till Um, the end. But uh, God doesn't have time to wait. He's a busy deity. Um, Anyway, what I was going to say is just because it's not physically coming to Switch doesn't mean it won't be playable on Switch. Because if Microsoft's whole revenue pitch now is, oh, Game Pass is our future, if you want the best Game Pass experience, get it on Xbox. But if you just want to be able to play these things, maybe at a lower res or something, you can do it on your smartphone. You can do it with an iPad. That's how you can play. Really? I think you do it with Doesn't an iPad. that contradict what they just... <laughs> well, that's the interesting thing. So they did just tell GamesIndustry.biz that they have no plans to put games on anything that's not their own platforms. xCloud is their platform. It's just cloud-based. Xcloud's well, their Anytime says they don't have plans, that really means also, that. they can't it's, announce it yet. Also, the other thing about that, besides I'm piggybacking off what Angel said, is... Um, Nintendo said they had the, no plans to bring a Super Nintendo Mini. Right. Uh, but not just that, but the interview is weird because the headline is, we're not bringing games to other platforms. But then if you read the actual quote, they're saying, we're not bringing games from our newly acquired studios like Obsidian and Outer Worlds. Once they're done with those commitments they already have, they're going to focus on our platforms. That's what the actual quote is. And then it was sort of turned into that headline. 
So well, I don't think they'll table, do. So. I don't necessarily think they're gonna do day one. Like it's not gonna be like Gears Five is gonna be playable on Switch next week when it comes out. But I don't see why when Game Pass is big enough and on as many platforms as possible, they're not gonna make a Switch option. You'll need a stream. You'll need a connection to play. You'll need to pay for the subscription. So it's not truly on Switch. But if you're at home with your Switch or similar to Hotspot and you want to stream the game down, that's their business model. I these don't days. know, man. That's 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 sort of heading into that like utopia of that, that gamers Gaikai kind of thing. Yeah. There well there is some of that, sure, but like how's that much different than them putting it on a smartphone from their perspective? They don't consider it a switch a competitor, clearly, because they put all their stuff on it currently. In their mind, I think, they see Switch as like, Oh, we're never gonna make a handle, let's just dump some stuff on there and get some audience. So if they can get that audience to pay them ten bucks a month that you they won't pay anyway because they're not gonna go buy an Xbox. You know how Cuphead did? Uh, I don't know. The, they haven't paid exact numbers, but well, is the way I is why I heard. Don't, don't do this. <laughs> but, oh, you're right. Well, well, <laughs> just, oh. Almost were free of sales oh, corner. You still are free of sales corner. But yeah, so I don't know. Like honestly, if Game Pass is gonna come, the quote is kind of possibly misleading, possibly spot on. But it seems clever to be like, hey, here's Ori. Do you like Ori? Check out the sequel on Game Pass. So that means they have to go buy an Xbox, or that means they pay them a ten dollar a month subscription. This is priming the pump for people to want the sequel. And there's a chance it could stream to Switch, hypothetically. And while they haven't outright said they're bringing Game Pass to Switch, they have, at GDC, showed off dev tools that allow people to integrate xCloud and Xbox achievements and all that into their Switch games. So it's like halfway there. So I don't know. It is a bit of a like utopian dream of, oh, well, if it's all kumbaya between Microsoft and Nintendo and they merge into one mega company, but they're still independent, but Switch gets all benefits and Microsoft doesn't get any Nintendo exclusives. Who knows what will happen? But like, we're further down that path than we've ever been. So it's it's possible. But, but that's kind of the funny thing about like all these third-party stuff. Like If you take a step back, it, whenever we talk about third parties with Nintendo, it's never as simple. They support them. They don't. It's always this weird will-they-won't-they they, where it's like a company's going to support Nintendo. Then they say they won't. But then they say maybe they will. And then they do. But then they stop. But then they start. But then they say you didn't pass the litmus test. And then it just keeps going and going and going. Like, I can't think... I can't think of that being... Is that, that's not an issue with PlayStation. That's not an issue with Xbox, right? It's just because of Nintendo's weird history that they had this sort of like Jim and Pam relationship with their third parties that just never seems to end. And the uh, case in point... Jim e- and Pam? The Office. Oh, that's right. You watched the entire series. Yeah, well, Leslie and Ben. Leslie and Ben's a better personal choice, Leslie I would say. And I, uh, Parks and Rec. It's another series you've watched. Oh, I saw them once. And Leslie and Ben didn't feel as I well mean, they won't. They're, they they're good shows, but... Like, Leslie and Ben seem more destined the whole time. Jim and Pam are like, eh. Yeah, it's fine. Park Story Creation is better than The Office. Watch it. 100% agree. We should high-five, but no one will know on the pod. Oh, that's weird. We should, it's we, like, you it's no, well, yeah, it just... Did you think no one will hear it? Though? Obviously, no, hear because, it. Cause it, I feel it like... It was like two raw chickens coming <laughs> <laughs> together. Because of the heat. It's the heat. Um, but <laughs> anyway... What I was starting to say was um, a good example of this whole stupid will they, won't they is EA. Like, never mind Microsoft. Like, they're doing stuff that I feel like people weren't guessing until recently because they were Microsoft. But EA, oh, God. It was two episodes ago, literally just two episodes ago, that we talked about how EA was saying they don't plan to support Switch. That was from their CEO. Their data showed that most people will buy their games on Xbox and PlayStation. They don't need to bring them to Switch. But then, in a Game Informer interview, in the last two weeks... Now their chief studio officer is straight up saying the opposite and contradicting the CEO and saying that Switch is, quote, absolutely a platform we're looking at for some of our most successful games. 
and that they want to expand their portfolio, their portfolio to include the Switch. Two polar opposite comments, one month, one third party. Why? Why? EA, EA doesn't exactly have the strongest uh, record of keeping of having the same the same messaging. That's true. Uh, especially, especially like recently, they've had so many not flops, but they've had many. So they've had so many anthems, anthems, <laughs> battlefields. Yeah. Anthem, oh, not, not battlefield. Uh, Battlefront. My Apex. Even like Apex, Apex is great, and then sort yeah. of petered off. No, but I'm saying like messaging wise, oh, they, oh. they have not been the strongest when it comes to their consumers. They become informed. Not not necessarily just keeping them informed. Just having but a straight message as a company, or yeah, they're very. I, I guess you can chalk that up to like just them being just their internal studios flubbing uh, messaging to their consumers. But I well, mean, there was Apex last week where they were calling out yeah. their consumers' names. That was yeah, my friend like plays that. Apex and he was texting me like, "What did I do? Why do I deserve?" I'm like, "I don't think it's you, but okay." <laughs> yeah, so it's their. And you said that this was a studio head, or this was the head of all their studios. Of their all studio their chiefs. Okay, so so right under CEO. So I guess it makes sense that why all these studios are having so yeah so many. But it's issues. just kind of annoying because like as a, a show about Nintendo news, we always end up talking about like oh who's supporting Switch, who's not, why, why not, and it, it's relevant to Nintendo like whether or not these companies actually say what they mean. We I feel like we're still always talking about what they're saying because whether they're running around chicken with their head cut off or not, like they still are saying like impactful things about the platform we cover so it's kind of, it's bizarre and i feel like like you know we got ea's back and forth microsoft's contradiction that quote that you brought up from games industry that came out the same day as ori was announced for switch so it's not like they're contradiction free either literally the day that ori comes out they're like yeah we're not supporting other platforms as we announced well, this game well, they, for another, they met well i think the they, i think they yeah, yeah they but, there's like yeah this is the last kinda, one that you guys are getting just FYI. yeah even though it also sort of is because we're getting the outer world soon true yeah so uh it's yeah i guess guess what i'd like to propose to all nintendo fans and especially ourselves because we cover this stuff is while we will likely hear quotes like this again contradictions let's collectively together as nintendo fans just look at their actions instead because i think that's a much better way of doing it because like those speak loud in words obviously and sure ea may decide they're gonna bring more games to switch but as players like are we getting full experiences are we getting weird half attempts because like literally within days again a contradiction of their studio head being like oh we want to bring our biggest games to switch ea puts out a list of how half heart like half ass fifa 20 is they put out a list of here's everything you do not get in the switch version of fifa 20 it's like that's weird when two days earlier or three days earlier like we want to support switch and then three days before that or three weeks before that your ceo is like we don't care about switch like well I would go with the action of the lesser game over any other. Yeah, yeah, always does this. Like, yeah. uh, when during the PS3 generation around the world, PS2s were still getting sold by the truckload, mm-hmm. and FIFA, whatever FIFA 13, over there would be like Legacy FIFA edition. 11 or FIFA 12, right? But with a newer basically, roster, yeah, that's which is what they're doing for Switch, which is fine, except PS2 was on its last legs, which is clearly in its prime, mm-hmm. so it's a little funky. And what's really funny is that happened the same week that the head developer of NBA 2K20 did an interview where he outlined how identical the Switch version is to every other version. Good. So, take, yeah. Take those swings, man. You, exactly. You gotta... So, it, it, that's my point. Like, it's probably better just look at their actions and their words. Or, like, even if you look at someone like Blizzard, right? Like, they've released a grand total of one Switch game. That was Diablo 3, but they put a lot of effort into making it good for Switch. They gave it an Amiibo. They worked with Nintendo on a co-marketing program for it. And even though technically they have a smaller output 
on Switch than EA. I feel like most people are cool with what Blizzard's doing because they're putting good products out and they're trying. Like, no one is going, where's Blizzard? They're just like, oh, cool, they gave us Diablo. And then this rumor popped up that they're also giving us Overwatch. And I feel like that's just like... Didn't they say they weren't? What? Didn't they say they weren't? No, they didn't. Yeah, a long time ago when they asked them. Oh, a long time ago. Yeah. Again, action's not I know, yeah, I know. I'm just bringing it up. <laughs> yeah, I know. But yeah, like this rumor popped up last week that Overwatch is soon going to be announced for Switch. And I feel like even when that happened, nobody was like, but where's all their other games? Where's my StarCraft? Where's my Hearthstone? Where's my this? Where... Well, not Hearthstone. That's Oh, yeah, that is them. Where's my Warcraft? Where's this? Where's that? And it's just like, oh, Overwatch. <laughs> that's pretty much all their games. Yeah, but it, it's no one, like when EA's like, we're doing this, everyone's like, where's Need for Speed? Where's da da da? But when. Blizzard does it because they just go do good products. People are like, oh, cool, they're supporting it in this way. I appreciate that. The The leak of how uh, Overwatch, or the leak of Overwatch is actually kind of funny, though. So Amazon uploaded a listing for a Switch case with an Overwatch logo on it. And it said in the listing that it's copyrighted, or it is licensed from Nintendo and Blizzard. And there's no reason they would license that unless Overwatch was coming to Switch. So there you go. Confirmation. <laughs> But it's it's just like a weird way to announce a game. But um, Paladins will finally have some competition. Yeah, I, w- I wonder how voice chat would work over. Oh, horribly! Because well, no, 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 no. Right? They can do it with Vivox's SDK and have it in the game. That's what Fortnite does. That's what Paladins does. You just hook a headset up to your Switch. Nintendo's open to both now. I wonder how this community would be though. I don't know. I don't do know how the Xbox. I don't, I, don't I don't know how that the Probably Xbox or, do you think or PlayStation. Will this crossplay? Maybe Diablo did not. May, maybe to to Xbox and and PlayStation. I, I doubt, would say probably, I doubt it would crossplay into PC. Does the PC Overwatch crossplay with the console? No, ones? it does not. Okay, then never mind. Because I was gonna say Rocket League does crossplay PC, Xbox, mm-hmm. Switch. So and Fortnite does as well, but not anymore though. Now they just made it switch to. It's just Switch had mobile people, and then... Yes, they switched Fortnite because they realized... Something with how the game runs on Switch is more how it runs on mobile in terms of uh, frame rate and everything, so so they... don't have a huge advantage because they have control. Yeah, so they've synced those up because it's actually dragging down the experience for Switch players against other consoles. Okay, so... Which is interesting. Maybe this won't have crossplay. Maybe not. I mean, Diablo didn't, so... But it's still kind of cool that we're getting it in some capacity and the timing makes sense the devil's in the details um yeah exactly the devil's in details of the timing like diablo 3 well, was diablo, announced this I, I know i'm running with it but diablo 3 was announced for switch mid-august last year and while that specific time is kind of gone nintendo does traditionally have a september direct that could play host to the news of a new overwatch we know something is coming because according to a photo of gamestop's internal system that came out on the interwebs the other day 17 new unknown Switch SKUs were added to their database last week. So something's coming. I mean, it's we're right in the window where Nintendo always has a direct. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see Overwatch pop up there. I've heard rumors it could be October 27th it comes out, which is two weeks before when Diablo did last year. So, like, the timing's close to the same. So that makes sense. There was a rumor that Tracer was going to be the next... Smash character? Next yeah, Smash yeah character. so about that. <laughs> which I do not personally know how they would incorporate... I guess uh, what's his name Mega Man and one of the the Mii fighters does have yeah. a blaster and that's what she is. She is a shooting right. character, right? So I guess they could incorporate her that way, but I just don't see it. Not especially not well, with I mean, her. Also, didn't see it coming how they would incorporate like Arsene or not like the Mii or the he- or the hero. No, Arsene from Persona, like the Persona dude. Joe, wait, he has another Joker. name. Joker. No, Joker. His, yeah. his Joker. persona his is Arsene. Arsene. 
Oh. Did hey, you think did you think his persona was just called Persona? I will hate you. <laughs> I didn't think about it. I never gave it any thought. I thought it was his persona. I didn't think it was named Persona. No. It's not like he's like, Hi, I'm Joker. This is Persona next to me. No, I thought it was just his persona. No, like they, they, before they showed how I like, feel like I spared myself. I had no idea how they were gonna incorporate Arthur into the game or let alone a hero. Like the fact they included a, this whole down B thing. Oh, for hero? Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, they they obviously are willing to get really creative with, it, especially like the fact that she blinks around the field and she has like this like back back in time time travel mechanic also. So that could also be interesting. Here, here's the thing: I don't think she's actually coming this match. No, yeah. Well, yeah, let me, me rephrase. Me I think there's me a fifty. It's a fun thought exercise. I think though. honestly, it's a fifty-fifty chance. Well, it'll happen or it won't. No, no, yeah. no. But I mean, like, I'm not saying like, oh, there's no, only. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, I'm kidding. Yeah. No, I uh, I get what you mean. Yeah. There. Listen, guys. Either it will or it won't. That's my prediction. We're gonna have her or we will not. No, but um, I think a chance of Doom Guy and any of those people that people have. What? Already. Not sure I, the Doom Guy rumor. Yeah, the Doom Guy rumor. Has yeah, I'm sure she has, a, a she has a good chance of any of those other. No, I don't know. She, in a way, like from a marketing angle, like it almost makes more sense because like Diablo was co-marketed by Nintendo. They did Amiibo and all that. Overwatch is bigger than Diablo at the moment. And so I still didn't even get Persona and, Five. Yeah, sure. And <laughs> yeah, switching get Persona Five. That's kind of my other point. But then, uh, you know, Overwatch is their is Blizzard's biggest franchise, right? So if they're gonna do some sort of how do we one up the thing we did with Diablo, you put her in Smash. That's how you do it. And you get that whole Overwatch crowd that maybe doesn't own a Switch to be like, oh, maybe I should consider Smash because that's a huge audience. That's where it makes sense. Where it doesn't make sense is this whole logic that any time a major third-party game comes to Switch, it must mean they're coming to Smash. Like, I don't know when that started. Joker, to your point, is the prime example of how that is not the case. Well, they're getting, like, Persona Warriors. Yeah, but that... That's a little different. And I how know, do you feel about Persona Warriors, Kevin? I'm going to buy it. I'm probably well, you enjoy not going to enjoy it. You're literally <laughs> obligated to buy it. Yeah, as a Persona fan, I think you have to buy it. Yeah. I... It's in the contract. Just yeah. But, um, uh, what was I say? But yeah, it's not like Joker led to normal Persona coming to Switch. It's not like Banjo-Kazooie means we're getting a new Banjo-Kazooie on Switch. There's not even a new Banjo Kazooie that we know of. It'd be cool as a rumor going E3 that we I was very much we were in favor getting, of, but and we already knew we were getting Dragon Quest Eleven before, right? Hero. And that one, and that one, like Nintendo's publishing it, so it's a little different. Um, like Bayonetta became a Nintendo second party game, so that's a little different when they brought her to it. But like, it doesn't. I mean, Although that what to Bayonetta's thing, like I remember when that became a Nintendo property, a lot of people were saying like, "Oh, that means she's coming out in Smash Bros." Even though a lot of people were saying like, "Well, how she's a rated M character," but they yeah, still made, and it they work. made it work. Like I would honestly think that that's probably the only time where that whole mentality actually yeah no. yeah and i i would say that in in my opinion at least doom guy has a stronger 50 50 chance than tracer does that's not how math works because doom guy <laughs> is a 50.99 exactly because it's so 50 it yep thank you uh because doom guy has legacy and history of nintendo platforms like if they're gonna do yeah because joker of, does and all these other no 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 but my point is if they're gonna do someone that's ties... the only one that kind of falls into that yeah and it Joker's doesn't make perfect. sense. But the thing I was going to say is um, the only reason I think but... Doom Guy has more of a chance than Tracer because they're both just, oh, these third party support Nintendo now, yay, is because Doom Guy has history. There's Doom 64, there's the old Dooms, there's all sorts of Dooms over the years. Every Doom's on Switch now. It's a little weird to be like, that game that's never been on Switch is now on Switch, and at the same time, here's um, the character from it in Smash. Because even Dragon Quest, they have a history on DS. They started on NES, there's still that connection there. Joker's the one exception to everything we're saying. From my angle. boy yeah and for, cloud well cloud well, was a fan well, of well, 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 and again because he has history in the industry i know cloud and persona are kind of 
they're in the same boat. Like the characters and yeah. their games have like no history, but the franchise is kind of the right. Excuse Persona, me. Persona, <laughs> Persona no, has Nintendo, but yeah, the yeah, no, yeah, all the Persona spinoffs and I all know, the, that's what I was gonna yeah, say. Like the franchises yeah. do, but not the characters and exactly. their specific games. But game. Overwatch has nothing. To, so so to be like oh, and even Minecraft. Like Minecraft Steve even makes more sense because Minecraft is the biggest selling Wii U game in Japan somehow. Back in the day, it was the single. It's still in the top of the best-selling charts on the, the Switch. Yeah, it's having a resurgence because PewDiePie and them are oh, streaming yeah. again. Oh yeah, no sales numbers. We're doing a sales-free episode. Oh yeah, for those who don't know, I was like, "There's no Jason sales corner." And these guys were so thrilled, and then they bring up sales more than I brought up sales. Take note of that. I did not mention a single thing. Did you, you say it's the best-selling console? One of you asked. You me... said it was still the best-selling Minecraft, and I just said like, "Yeah, it's still there on the eShop." Fine. Yeah. Point is, all those other rumors have like weight behind them. Tracer just because Overwatch kind of switch, unless they want to one up Diablo, I don't know why she would. But I could see them doing it for just that reason. I just don't know if that's enough. They should put a card. They should put just a card. That should be an item. Leroy Jenkins oh. in the game. Leroy. <laughs> I could see that being like like <laughs> if they great. made like a new item that was like or assist trophy that was just like a Hearthstone card, then Leroy Jenkins could come out. You could literally just say that and just like rush and then disappear. I feel like there's a weird meme threshold Nintendo doesn't cross, and that's that's that. Like they're not gonna do that, I suspect. But we can dream, we can dream. But anyway, to the broader point about third parties I was making. Um, what's nice is that uh-huh. because of all these different companies' actions, we kind of know what to expect and kind of gauge ourselves. You know, like oh, EA doesn't do anything. We know that Blizzard they do good stuff. We know that, and like even like a good example of this, I guess, would be Capcom, who. They've released a total of one original game on Switch, which is Mega Man 11. But they have pumped out so many ports and so many, like, enhanced collections and whatnot that... And they're still announcing some, by the way. They just announced Mega Man um, Zero Zero slash ZX collection. And, like, I don't think there's anyone that's going... Capcom, where where are your... Like, no one's... People might be like, oh, I don't need this collection. I already have this collection. But I don't hear very many people be like, Capcom doesn't support Switch. Because in their yeah, own way... I'm not saying way, Capcom was, was Capcom 3, but that's all, that, would be, that would be a port. I'm not even asking right. for any game. Yeah, like, it, it, exactly. Like, you are gauging your gauging your <laughs> demands based on their actions. Yeah. We People are now knowing Capcom does this sort of thing, and they're fine with that. So Capcom actually has a really steady stream of games. Honestly, what it might have been Street Fighter 4, like, the final version of it. Yeah, like, or that'd something be great. like that. And, and what's funny is, like, they always... People would honestly really love that. They would. The nostalgia factor, too. Yeah, yeah. it'd be huge. Well, I mean, people still say that's the best Street Fighter right now in years, so... I mean, considering how Bad Street Fighter Five is doing, just right. popularity wise, yeah. But but well, as I say, it's like it's funny because if you look at like Capcom's probably the most the biggest example of them. I'd be like, oh, we're seeing how the audience responds. We'll bring over Resident Evil. We'll see how it does. And they're like, no, it did great. So here's some more old Resident Evil, whatever you know. Their tests are they're the ones that say it the most in their financials. Are I was like, oh, we're testing the audience, but no one seems to care more because the output's actually very strong because they have a decent enough number of games to look at that people are like, okay, that's what Capcom does. They are a port machine. They give us Phoenix Wright. They give us Mega Man. They give us Resident Evil. They give us another Resident Evil bundle. They give us a different Phoenix Wright They give Wright us bundle. Monster Hunter Generations. They give us Monster Hunter Generations. Like it, and people seem okay with that. So like when Zero and ZX Collection um, was announced, the general tone, at least what I saw online, was really pretty positive because like here's all six Zero games in one collection, not really just the Game Boy ones. They didn't give us the Saturday morning Nintendo. See thing. exactly, but that only felt weird because they give us everything. Yeah, else. that's why yeah. their actions are now saying the tone, which is how it should be. Considering those are all on NES, which is like, yeah, weird, yeah, but it, um, yeah, it's it, uh, yeah, that one was kind of weird. Now that you mention it, and what's also kind of funny is they have um, their Disney games coming out, but not through them. 
But we'll get to that in a sec. What I was going to say is the Zero Collection actually sounds kind of cool, like if you're a fan of those games. It's six games, all six, plus uh, HD scaling, increased difficulty mode, you know, the usual art galleries and music, 30 bucks. That's not a bad value. Um, and then as I was starting to say, Disney. Those games are now coming to Switch too, the Capcom games, specifically. Well, one um, of them wasn't Capcom. The Loin King wasn't Capcom. Oh, the yes, Loin the Loin King. King. The Loin King? <laughs> yeah, the Loin King. <laughs> so the spine on the promo art of the box for the Switch version of Disney Classic Games, Aladdin and the Loin King had a typo. Oh, we're still doing these? Yeah. Yeah, they felt the typo. typos on the, on the spines? Yeah, yep. we had Reve- still a thing. We, we, we had Revelations, and there's a Naruto one that also had a typo. I don't have it, but I have the Revelations one. So both, both games were a collaboration, from my understanding, between Virgin Interactive when they still existed and Capcom. Capcom published Virgin Developed. So Disney's like, actually, well, let's take the code back. And now they're releasing them as a collection. Uh, um, what's interesting is, unlike the Capcom collections, there's only two actual games here, but they're putting every version. It's actually kind of cool. Yeah, because the putting, Sega and Super Nintendo ones were different. Yeah, so they're putting in the Genesis editions, the Game Boy editions, the Super Game Boy editions, and in the case of The Lion King, the Super Nintendo edition. For some reason, the Super Nintendo Aladdin... Was there a Super Nintendo Aladdin? There was, oh, and it is the superior version. So that seems to not be here I know, for one and reason it or sucks. another. There, there, is, there is a reason. I I forget why. But there, there is a the reason music. of why. No, uh, I think it had to do something with the developer. Oh, the sound mm. always sounded better on Super Nintendo, though. But. I, I will give them credit, though. They maybe don't have the Super Nintendo um, Aladdin, but they are putting stuff in this collection that I've never seen a company do, which is actually really cool. They're doing a new Final Cut, so it's actually a slightly different version of the game. And the original demo, when they first showed it to the public at like CES or whatever in 1993, they are putting that, which is different from the actual game, as a thing you can play, which is kind of cool. cool. And on top of all that, they're doing this really interesting thing called um, interactive game viewing, where you can let the game play itself play all itself. the way through, and you yeah. can jump in at any moment in time, oh. which I rarely have seen. That's kind of like do. what Stadia wants to do, right? Yeah. It's, it's like what Stadia wants to do, but except Stadia, that's you're... That's ambitious. Yeah. It, it, yeah. <laughs> but with Stadia, it's you're either watching someone else play, and then you join them, like you hop in their mm-hmm. queue, or you're watching a trailer, and you just jump into that moment in the trailer. <laughs> you don't they, have the whole... Whether they want to, you're like, whoa, where did you come from? <laughs> exactly. They just, the, you just show one, up. They're supposed to be a one-player game. Yeah. That's cool. I can't wait to uh, play these on Switch. Yeah, it should be cool. And it's nice that's kind of switched on like the other Saturday. Oh, yeah. and I, I can't wait to play these on Vita. I played the Lion King to death. On Vita? Yeah. These are, of... these are coming to Vita, right? No. Why would they come to Vita? Oh, you mean the Switch? It is just Vita. No, I'm now. talking about the Vita. They're one that's covered. These aren't coming to the Vita? <laughs> just knocked over so many war balls. Hydration is important. It's hot. <laughs> we have so many war balls. Like yeah, where's your moisture at? I'm still about 20%. Yeah, I'd actually have to admit, it's not as hot as I thought it was yeah, going to be. Yeah, it's not as bad. It's nowhere near I bad. still hate you for making us do this in the heat, but... Listen, it's either this or I have to drive over here twice, and I'm selfish, so that's it fine. was this. It's fine with me? Is that fine with you? Yeah, I guess yeah. it's unacceptable. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Good good friends. Um, yeah, so this is also going to cost 30 bucks, like the Mega Man collection. Um, it's probably why they jam so much in it's here, because they have to justify just 30 right? bucks. Uh, no, physical, too. How do you think they say Loin, Loin King? No, that's not like there's a digital oh, option. Right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, everything's on the eShop. For too. some reason, I don't know why I read, but I think I thought something was implied that it was just a like cartridge only, which kind of I doubt that. Yeah, which like it's surprising. I'm like, oh, I hope that's not the case because that also doesn't. I haven't heard anything like that. There is weird like it was announced at GameStop Expo, we're, so it's we're only going to focus every on... game is available digitally, right, for the most part. But then I was looking for there's a Godzilla game that came out on PS4 that was also on PS3 in Japan. Mm-hmm. It's like a historically supposedly really terrible game. But I wanted it anyway, and it's not available digitally. 
which is really weird. And if I want to get the physical, it's like over a hundred bucks. So. Huh. Well, that's a different era because there's PS3 where stuff. No, no, no. Like there's a PS4 version. Oh. But oh. that one is like ridiculously expensive just know. because of how rare it is because you can't get it digitally. But the game sucks. So. The, <laughs> the only games I know of that aren't available available digitally on the eShop are the Labo kits because you need the cardboard. You can you have to get a starter kit to get the cartridge. We have plenty of cardboard around here. But not in the right serrated shapes. Well, I could or make colors. Them. Well, that's a different story. That's a different story. But anyway, the thing I was gonna say is like, I'm into this Disney collection concept. I'm into the Mega Man concept. I think you, Kevin, you made a point at the very top of the show that like Virtual Console as a brand is dead, but it kind of still lives on. Yeah, it still lives on. Yeah, through this, else. this is yeah. so much better than Virtual Console. Like. I know someone out there is like, oh, how dare you? The Switch is literally a virtual console. The Switch is a virtual console. It has so many old ports and so many different systems. You have to follow I actually Nintendo's. want to play Turok too, just because I remember liking that game, but I don't really remember playing it. And you can on Switch. Yeah. And you can play pretty soon Doom 64. It got rated for all platforms in Australia the other day, so that rumor is coming true. Um, but yeah, it's just like, it's cool that we're at a point where we don't have to follow Nintendo's drip feed of like two games a week. And they're only on select platforms. It's just any company can be like, it's we're going to give you a game. Every time I find out that, like, oh, what are the new games on the East, on the Nintendo NES Virtual Console? Like, it still, like, like irks me. Mm-hmm. Like, when I, when it's just, like, two games, it's like, oh, one of them is, like, a special save no, file. So, to be fair, it's three games because you get two new games and a special save yeah. file of an old game. Yeah, it's like, geez. Don't shortchange them. They're one like, game that you've never heard of. They're, this month, we're at two. I've honestly, never like, if they of. removed it just because of how slow it's going like I would feel like that's like a plus at this I, point. that makes zero sense I know but that's just how I feel, that's just how I feel. <laughs> but okay but uh, no but it is cool that like virtual console lets you actually get your fix correctly or not virtual console this pseudo virtual console of all these games and they all are like up res and they come with extra features and they all seem to have a rewind built in these days so like it, it's it's good stuff like good job game industry this is much better than the virtual console and cheaper you're paying less per game so there's that but retro gaming in general actually just kind of feels like it's, it's having kind of a moment right now. Like, obviously, I think to the point we were saying before about so many indie games being like 2D artsy platforms, like the pixel aesthetic, well, that games, old look. Whether they want to or not, yes. they kind of have to adapt a retro look because that's it's cheaper. affordable. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But because of that, like this whole, like, I feel like that's a big reason why so many indie games are now so, or not indie, sorry, so many retro games are now so popular. Like things like Mario and Sonic doing that retro mode. Which is kind of cool. It looks awesome. I have one complaint. Sure. They oh, should have made Ma- Mario. Jason being Jason. No, no, this is real. Well, first of all, for those who don't know what we're talking about really fast, Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games, Dream Course mode in this one is going to be all retro characters in 2D. Or retro sprites in 2D. It's not going to be, like, fantastical. It's just going to be retro. So you're going to be doing, like, side-scoring track and field, side-scoring diving, that sort of thing. Here's what bothers me. Sonic started his career as a 16-bit dude, mm-hmm. and he is 16-bit in the Dream Courses. Mario started his career as an 8-bit dude, but did live through a 16-bit era, Mario World. So instead of matching up their looks, they have Sonic being 16-bit well, and they're Mario being doing what they started 8-bit. their career as. Yeah, I don't, I don't mind that. You literally just like, answered your No, question. I know why, but I'm just saying, like, I feel like they should have just done, if they're going to do a no, retro no, no. When, look, I think, just... when I think Sprite Mario, I always think 8-bit Mario. This is... Yeah, this is both like well, maybe because Nintendo uses it for everything. But that's yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know. That's for all, I, I for do all we know, it. that was a Nintendo mandated thing. It could been of hey, just I'm sure they just, ob- yeah. It could I just obviously want... tested. Like I mean, there is a 16 bit. I mean, Mario World had a Peach in it. So. Yeah, it had all of them. Not all of them, but all of them. It had a weird looking Bowser. It but, did. Yeah. I I will say, which Nintendo like didn't even bother putting into Mario Maker. They just like redid them for the Super Nintendo mm-hmm. for Mario World skin. So yeah. 
I will how's that say, going? how's that going, by the way? It'll be done by the end of September. Have you started? I'll be done by the end of September, which means I have not. Uh, <laughs> but the um, what was I gonna say? The, the I I do like as silly as it is. So in the diving mini game, they showed Peach diving. First of all, I didn't really understand how that works. So you dive off as one character, then they transform into the other halfway down. Like it started as Tails and it became, or it started as Sonic and it became Tails halfway down. Are you sure they weren't, that wasn't just editing? Yeah. May, maybe. That's probably just a true. But only one side true. of them changed. So Peach stayed Peach, but then Tails switched in. No. I don't know, but either way, what I liked about Peach in that scene is they took her like stationary standing sprite and just turned it upside down and had her fall upside down. Like I mean, just have her arm out. what really happens when you dive? Like it's just you standing up, but you're upside down. No, you put your <laughs> you put your arms over your head usually. Well, I doubt that they were going to create new assets. I know, no, but so. I just love how it's just her up. Oh down. Yeah, 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 no, it's great. It's yeah, so if good. someone dove, they could not put their hands up. Yeah, and then you crack your neck <laughs> when yeah, you just, hit the water. Just plank, just plank, <laughs> down, plank just, your way just... down, and then crack your neck. I mean, Peach will show up in a neck brace in the next game, I guess. But so be it. Um, but yeah, so that that was kind of a cool thing. And that's are you getting? I hope you're getting more in Sonic. You're a party switch. Um, I, I plead the fifth. I think he's getting it. Uh, yeah, I'm obviously uh, getting yeah. it. When, yes, I already yeah. said it in the last episode that I was getting it. Because you did? it's a fun, like, multiple... I, I, I even said that I was getting it, and I was excited about it on the E3 episode. You d- I remember that, actually, yeah. Because it's a nice competitive Which, for anyone who wants to listen back to that one, is episode 205? 205. Maybe. Anyway, that's Perfect. the news. <laughs> um, so we can just jump to what we're playing. Uh... It was, yeah, a lot of indie stuff. We didn't really touch on mobile, but I guess we could. it'll come up under Pokemon Masters. But let's start not with me, because I've been talking for a while. What? Angel, how's Dragon Quest? It's not even out yet. You've been playing a demo for five and a half hours. That's a long demo. Yeah, it, it made me stop playing, because it said, this is where your adventure comes to an end. If you want to continue, buy the game. You mean you finished the demo? Yeah. <laughs> did, you, did it crash on you at all? No. So apparently there are some switches that um, they kick into the overclock mode that Nintendo rolled out, and then it would just crash, like hard crash. And yeah. Square Enix for like a week and a half could not figure out why. And I think they might have just patched it like yesterday. Yeah, I've never experienced that issue. That's good. Hold on, they patched a demo? I believe so. Or they said they were going to patch <laughs> oh, it. Oh boy. Well, it's because it's, you know, it's a five and a half hour <laughs> five and a half hour demo. More if you try to do side quests. More if you try and do side quests. Yeah. In case you didn't hear them from a foot away. Anyway, so how is it? Am I going to parrot me the whole time? <laughs> Am I? No. <laughs> um, oh, I... I don't even know why I honestly like, decided to start playing it, because I never really had any interest in the Dragon Quest series. Not that it looked bad to me, just like, you know, you pick your RPGs, you're just like, alright, I you know I'm going to play Smash Brothers, whatever. And, I don't know, I ended up really liking it. Like, I like the art style, I mean, it's just the Akira Toriyama Akira art Toriyama. style. Yeah, the Dragon Ball dude. And, I don't know, I don't know what it is about the renders in this game, but I just love the way everything is rendered. Like, it has, like, this... Like, cell shadedish, but not really cell shadedish. But everything is like, like hair has like hair texture. Everything looks fuzzy and furry where it's supposed to, but it's still very cartoony. So I don't know. It just has a very appealing art style to me. So I don't know. I just love seeing anything animated in that game, and everything's just very nice and cartoony. Like everything is both like threatening and not threatening looking. Like when I fight some of the bosses, they look like obviously these monstrous things, but they also have a very very toony look to them, which I guess I just really like. I know you could play this game. You could choose whether to play it in either a 16-bit look or a, I guess, modern camera. Again, retro look. is in what I said. Anyway, no. But after, since the demo doesn't let you switch between them, I don't know if the final game lets you switch between them. It's implied that you can. But Wait, you only get, you, in the demo at least, you only pick one at the start and yeah, ride it I, out for five and a half hours? 
Yeah. Okay. So you can play the 2D version of the demo. Yeah, the demo. So you you're telling me you could cool. play for 11 hours if you did both oh, I'm not gonna, styles, but you didn't I mean, want to read. Based on some of the cutscenes <laughs> and like stuff that I saw, like I'm like, how this would not be half as exciting as it would be in 16-bit, obviously. But I don't know the story. I felt like definitely drew me in at some point, and now like I just really want to know what happens. So more than anything, I'm getting it for that. So what is the premise of this one? Um. I don't know. It, it, I mean, it's your typical, like, chosen one kind of RPG. You have... The hero. Yeah. You're the, hero. the hero. Oh, the type. luminary. Yeah, the luminary. The, it's, the game starts with, like, he's a baby, and I guess, like, there's, like, this creepy little monster that comes into town, and I guess because he was the luminary, I guess, like, the monster decided, all right, he was just born, we're gonna try to kill him. So his, his castle, I guess, he was born into royalty, or that town got wrecked by monsters and the mother a daughter and the baby were trying to escape and she sacrificed herself to let the baby survive and he's pretty much whisked down a river and gets raised by this you know like a very he's Moses? basically he's down in a river? <laughs> yeah and then when he becomes of age they go through a trial and I guess like does it involve locusts and plagues? no so he's not Moses okay and, you know, he becomes a age and he goes through a trial and I guess he discovers his luminary powers and he's like, oh, I knew this time would come and they send him into town because the king should know more. But then it turns out that the king, I guess, believes him to be, like, a sign of, like, the impending doom. So he ends up locking him up and destroying the village he grew up in. So now you're trying to, you know, get answers and adventure ensues. You meet people along the way and, I don't know, it's been, it's been fun. I... I really like the pacing of the story. It never hasn't in the five hours. It never really dragged. It just kind of kept going, kept building up, more twists and turns. And I don't know. It's funny. Like I haven't even mentioned the combat because I kind of decided not to really bother with it. Cause... So, so there's no random encounters. No, I mean, yeah, there I are. Guess there never are in Dragon Quest. Huh? Yeah, like you, you see the enemies on the field. You run into them. I mean, I guess it's random whether you're gonna fight like one enemy or three enemies or four enemies or whatever. But. I'm I'm guessing this has always been the case in the Dragon Quest games, but you can either play it like a normal, like, pick your move, take turns going, or, like, most RPGs, like, I guess Tails does it, you do this, where you could set them to auto-fight, and you could set, like, oh, okay, I want you to focus on healing, I want you to focus on this, and they just kind of play the... And the game just plays itself. Mm-hmm. And... Persona does that as well. Oh, that? Yeah. You can set your party members to... to Pokemon Masters does it as well, but we'll like, get there. for Pokemon, like... I definitely. I mean, that one's more about like predicting what your peop- what your opponent's yeah. gonna do. So you kind of definitely can't do that. The Dragon Quest more reactionary. Yeah, I mean, well, the thing is, like, I tested both out. Like, I played the game throughout, and for the most part, everything I would do, the computer just does anyway. Like when I let the game auto play, so I was like, all right, it's actually doing everything I would do. The only thing it always does is the moment it has any chance to activate its ultra move. There's a system where if you take enough hits, you do enough attacks, your character gets pepped, and if two characters get pepped, they could do like. A- like a combined ultra attack. And they seem to want to activate that as soon as they possibly can. And I guess a normal person would probably save that for, you know, a specific enemy or a specific turn. But for the most part, like, it's been working out great. The only thing I have to make sure is just to grind out their levels and... Which, the auto, the auto-playing or the auto-attacking really... Like, that's where you get the most benefit from, like, right. when you're grinding. Right. Like, it's actually really nice. Like, if I'm just in a big open field and I see a bunch of enemies that I know I want to kill... I could literally just, like, have a nice book with me, which I was actually was doing. Like, I was reading through my game animation book while just, like, running into enemies, let them do their thing, run to another enemy, <laughs> and just reading. 
So that was really nice, which yeah. I'm guessing is kind of how maybe why in Japan um, auto AFK games are really popular where you're not really paying attention to the game, you're just tapping away. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I played the game. I ended up liking the game a lot like that. Liking the game, playing playing through the game like that, just customizing their, their skill trees and just letting the game, the fight play themselves out. Kind of like, all right, it's the skills I set and the path I chose. And the strategy I picked the right one and yeah, it's really fun. So I could definitely see myself picking it up. Maybe not day one, maybe like down the line. I was for some reason expecting, but maybe not day one. Like day seven. No, like day eight. Like definitely within this year. Like yeah. I'm just trying to space out my purchases. You right. Know? Just trying to be fiscally responsible with games and stuff because yep. that one's a sixty dollar game. But it's kind of definitive edition. Yeah, but definitely excited about this game. Um, Can you say off the top d- d- of your didn't head? Didn't think I would be, but. Can you say off the top of your head the game's full name? It's a long name. Um, Dragon Quest Eleven S. Um, I don't know. Illuminary Emissary nope. of Darkness. Nope. I don't know. I don't no, know. Wait, I wait. I, emissary of Darkness. I'm just making it up as I go. Subspace so. Emissary. Uh, no, it's Dragon Quest. I had to look it up too. Dragon Quest Eleven S. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, you want to try? Try. Echoes of an Elusive Age. Yes. Not quite. S Definitive Edition. You put the S in the wrong place, but right idea. It's Dragon Quest Eleven S. Colon, Echoes of an Elusive Age Definitive Edition. You would think there'd be a dash between Age and Definitive. There is not. It's all one run-on. Echoes of an Elusive Age Definitive Edition. So yeah, but you got it, essentially. Woo. And you, the guy who put five and a half hours into it, did not. I just knew it was called Dragon Quest XI. Didn't need to know more than that. Uh, these games do a lot of... It's not... I was, for some reason, thinking on my PS. No, they do... Uh... What's alliteration? They do a, a lot of alliteration. With oh their, yeah, echoes. I mean, elusive. Yeah. Well, age is an A, but close enough. So there, uh, one of them on the DS or the 3DS was called like the Sentinels of the Skies. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I mean, do I, alliteration. Let's a lot. be honest; it's better than the wacky names that Kingdom Hearts does. <laughs> Give me a look. Hold <laughs> me back. Okay. You're like, saying you're saying that like three five eight <laughs> over two days isn't a great title? He said wacky, not bad. I yeah. did say wacky. I mean, I like Tales of Blah Blah. Tales of Blah Blah doesn't tell me yeah. much. Tell unless they Pokemon do, has it. Unless easiest. they do sequels, then they start getting Pokemon's easy. They just add a word, and then make another word that's like that word, and then they have two. Gold, silver, sun, moon. It's still Pokemon black, gold white. version. Pokemon black version. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They have it easy. They just change out one word between mm-hmm. versions. X Y. Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon. No, we got it. No, nope, I would keep going. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Pokemon, actually, I'll, I'll jump into. That got old after two. I know, but I kept going because I don't know when to stop. Um, speaking of Pokemon, I feel like actually how I felt about Pokemon Masters is very similar to how you felt about Dragon Quest. Like I was also surprised how much I was enjoying it because it really felt like going into it, it could go either way. And while some of the games are kind, some of the games like aspects are kind of meh, overall I actually liked it a lot more than I thought I would, which is kind of surprising. So like the central part of the game. Is the changed up? Are you gonna keep playing it post podcast? Actually, probably at least a little. Yeah, I I don't just immediately stop when the podcast is. I usually usually taper off. I usually taper. I taper. But um, just to explain what is appealing about this one, um, the battle system is obviously the main part of the game, and it's changed up from normal turn-based Pokemon. So it's not a trainer and their team of Pokemon versus another trainer and their team of Pokemon in um, turn-based battles. It's real-time, three-on-three trainers, each with their one-Pokemon battles. Um, although that's actually a misnomer in of itself because it says it's a three-on-three battle. It's you and two trainers versus three trainers. But you mean then like in black-and-white three-on-three battles? Except these are real-time. 
but the the enemy they have tri battles and rotation battles which are both so rotations are sort of back so if you defeat the I don't know if they're rotation the same way but if you defeat no, some of the three they'll it's... bring in a sec they'll bring in reinforcements it's like waves oh, okay. sometimes and, and the tries when the rotation it was just 1v1 but all three are out at the same time but only one are ever battling at the same time and then those oh no this is all this around. is they're all happening at once oh okay. it's all real time so basically how it works is um like actually it's kind of more one on one with real Pokemon than I'm laying on to because it still has like multiple move sets for the Pokemon. You can still use items, you can still unlock new moves through TNs, there's still like the type tree of who's strong against who and who's weak against who. The difference is it's all very like casual oriented. It's more streamlined for mobile play, is probably the best way to put it. So instead of each attack having its own point system, they're all pulling from a central energy bar that refills as the battle continues. And some attacks will use one preset chunk, other attacks will use two preset chunks and so on. And where the strategy comes in is deciding which attack to use when and on which opponent. Um, and, you know, to kind of manage that energy bar and make sure you're being efficient while taking care of the opponents. Especially because um, you can actually see the weaknesses and strengths right there on the screen as you're fighting. They're directly above the Pokemon. So it's not even about like, oh, do I know my Pokemon? Is that weak against this one? It's like, yeah, that one's weak against this one. You should use this one, but you need to manage when to use this one and how to use this one. And you can also target different Pokemon in the three on the stage, so you can tap and choose between them, and it's all kind of real-time. Um, and it's it's also... Um, there's another component, so you're dealing with the attacks where you have the energy bar, but then if you're waiting for the energy bar, you can still use items, you can still use stat-altering moves that don't require energy. Um, all that's kind of ongoing. So there's never really... There's very rarely a lull where you're sitting there just waiting for the bar to refill. You're, really? If, if, it's, if it's refilling... Whoa. Yeah, I mean, it's not that exciting. I'm just saying it's not like you like do a bunch and then you stop and do nothing then you do a bunch. You can like you know do a, a defense boost or something while you wait the two seconds and that comes back. Uh, ultimately, really what it boils down to is just speedy decisions. With normal Pokemon, you obviously can take your time. You can weigh the effects of an attack. Here, every second counts. So to that end, like I was saying, the game tells you a lot on screen about the opponent during and before the attack. You have, the, uh, you have like I said, the types above the Pokemon as you're battling. But even right before... The battle begins. The game's saying up front, "Okay, the guys you're about battle are these have these types of Pokemon. Here's your team members that you have in your party right now that are good against that. We will highlight them for you. Is someone not highlighted? You should probably swap them for someone else. Go into your menu of who is swap. They highlight who the good ones are. So it's really not about the the type things. Just to tie it back into Pokemon. Ultimately, it's just about the speediness in your mm-hmm. fast reflex uh, fast reflexes. And um, for some, I would guess like you, Angel." And maybe I don't really know your Pokemon background, Kevin. So I don't know if, how you'd feel about this, but it's not Pokemon in the sense of there's not much depth because it is about time, timing, and speed. Uh, that's more of my speed. I never got into EV training or any yeah. Of that, see, I didn't too much either. Stats. Yeah. So I stuff. think like you might actually have some fun with this. Then like it, it is pretty fun. It can get challenging because you know there's still a leveling up system. You still have stronger opponents and weaker opponents. You still need to grind a little, use items. But it, it is pretty fun and pretty like quick and casual, which is what's nice. Um, the window dressing of the whole battle system is that the player, you, are a trainer who's been invited to an island to compete with other trainers from regions around the Pokemon world. And on the island, they do things differently. You don't just have a Pokemon team. You have yourself and one Pokemon, and you form what's called a sync pair. And then the team, of you and your Pokemon, team up with other trainers to form these groups of three and go try and win the mm-hmm. league and stop these evil people who are trying to steal Pokemon but aren't called Team Rocket. They're called Team Break because I don't know why. Um, and then as you play, you gotta learn the backstories of all these different trainers and masters from all the different games like Brock and Cynthia and what have you. Um, and the way it's all presented is kind of cool. It's uh, The main story, it's split into sub-chapters, which 
Some of them are kind of dumb. So they can vary from actually battling to just sub-chapters where they just have three lines of dialogue that set up the battle. And then when that chapter ends, you get some free items or gems to spend on items. And they're like, cool, okay, that was ten seconds. And then you go do the battle in a second chapter. So they give you a lot of items as you go. But um, there's also... Uh, what's kind of cool about it is it's all presented in sort of a first-person dungeon crawler's fashion. So you okay. are the trainer. You're seeing it through their eyes. And as you talk to people, they're talking directly to you. They walk over to you. You move screen to screen, kind of automatic, but you still move screen to screen to see stuff. And then occasionally they do what they call field work, where it actually becomes like a point and click. So you're still locked to your screen that you're in before you move to the next screen, but you can look around. You can tap people and talk to them, tap items and take them. It's like a very loose like clue-finding in Phoenix Wright kind of vibe. And then you just tap to go to the next screen, and they do that. And it's basically like dungeon crawlers, except when an enemy approaches, you're not in a battle on the spot. You jump into the Pokemon battle with your team of trainers. So that I didn't expect. I didn't think they'd do like the sort of kind of dungeon crawler thing, but it works. And then there's also a whole separate thing called sync pair stories where you go through like a mini story of sorts with each specific Pokemon master you meet, so Brock and all them. And these can vary from being just literally dialogue, that thing just gives you an item, to um, actually battles or all sorts of other stuff. But the, the cool thing is no matter what you do, you're given a bunch of items at the end. And when you hit a certain level, you can actually start evolving the Pokemon in your sync pairs and start growing those teams of individual trainer and Pokemon. And not just like keep piling onto your collection of trainers, but actually affect each Pokemon within each trainer's little sync pair. So that, that's kind of nice. Um, admittedly, the sync pair story, some of the dialogue, it, it, it's not great. Like, even by Pokemon standards, it feels a bit dry or kind of overly kiddy, which. Tarantino didn't write this. Tar- Tarantino did not write this. Gotcha. Um, it's not a. Th- three hour long movie about about uh you know people getting murdered in the hollywood hills uh but no it's the like even the dialogue trees actually it's a good example so you know in dialogue trees and games it's like oh you choose two options and usually they mean different things the dialogue is like hey do you want to help me win this battle sure or yes it's like oh okay or like i can or i will it's like great thanks thanks game but uh between all that kind of Blehness, which is probably the weakest part of the game. They actually have some clever little fan service, nice little nods to longtime fans. There's um, not only are the masters from all the old games back, so are the generic trainers. So you have like you know the bug catching guy, or you have like Youngster Joey, or you have like the last. And what's kind of funny is they rotate in and out of the main screen of the main like lobby you enter the game in, and they have conversations among themselves you can eavesdrop on. And some of them are kind of whatever, but there are a couple clever ones. Like, there's one where was, um, one kid is just, like, kind of critiquing the Lash for always wearing that exact same dress that she's worn for, like, 20-plus years in Pokemon. I'm like, oh, well, that's kind of... That's rude, but... It's a little rude of the kid, but, like, it's kind yeah, of a neat nod to the longtime fans that are like, oh, yeah, they never change who these look like. And then, like, even when you go into battles and you have, like, grunts fighting alongside trainers as you go through story mode, all the grunts have the exact same lines of dialogue they use. So it's like, if you have three of the same grunt, it'll just be three identical things said almost in unison, but not quite, which I feel like that last comment's also kind of making fun of. But yeah, for the most part, um, it's pretty good. Like, I'm actually surprised at how well done it is. The last component of it that we have to talk about, of course, though, is monetization. And oh how that boy, works. here we go. So, here so here's, corner. Here's, oh, no, 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 no. I'm talking about how you pay the game to play. Sales. Sure. Interestingly, from what I can tell so far... None of the in-game items you unlock, the st- uh, like the stat boosters, the leveling up items, any of that, none of that requires spending money. You get them all through free gems you get in the game. And there's a ton you get from every task I routed off. The sync stories, the story mode, all of it. You just keep getting items. Almost too many. Um, but what's interesting is you don't get to use any of your gems you collect 
towards getting new sync pairs. The only way to get new trainer and Pokemon combos is either through the story, and they come up naturally as you go, or you have to pay real money with a separate paid gem currency to enter a gotcha for a chance at getting a new sync pair. There is no way to use your free earnings towards the gotcha. The only way to get characters is through the story, unless you want to pay real money. So when you do the story, are these are these masters yeah. randomly rolled? No, they are part. So they, they're they fixed. Are, I so think they're, they're fixed as you come in. Which, on the one hand, like that's like a normal game. It's not horrible. I don't know. I actually don't know if they're fully randomly rolled. To be honest, I just the story is written with them by name, so I'm not sure if they swap the names out or not. Like you're just like, oh, my friend Barry, and then yeah. there's like a whole thing with cutscenes with him, and the cutscenes are really nicely rendered and stuff. So I imagine these are pre-set. Mm. They are not roll randomly rolled. But what kind of sucks is if you do the sync pair summoning or roll or pull or whatever you want to call it. It is random, but you can only do it with real money. Yeah. So that's kind of weird because, like, Sync Pairs, they're all rated three to five stars, just like Dragalia does it, just like Fire Emblem does it, like how they all do it. Um, and you can summon a new one using your real paid gems. If you get someone you already have, you're given extra stats for that existing one. If you get someone new, great. The thing is, the only way to get a five-star one, from my understanding, is to is pay. To pay. And of that's course. where it gets a little war- a little weird. Like, I'm torn on this. Because on, like, the one hand, I appreciate that you can do so much for free. And I appreciate that if you don't want to spend real money for sync pairs, the game se- seems to give you plenty of sync pairs as you go. Um, you know, and, that, and that's fine. Like, you can level those guys up and grind them out and go forward with them, and it's no big deal. But with that said, I feel like requiring a new sync pair summon to be paid for with, actually mon- with like, actual money sort of makes the gotcha mechanic just that much worse. Because, like, if I'm putting down real money, like, if I'm telling them I will only put down real money, if they're saying you will only do that, I'm like, okay, I will only do that. I kind of feel like, why not just guarantee me someone at that yeah, point? Yeah, that's a little sleazy. Yeah, and, and like, not only are you not guaranteed which sync pair you get, but, like I was saying, you're not even guaranteed if one you don't already have, which makes it a little extra sleazy. Um, so, I, I don't know. It seems kind of just sleazy, scammy, however you want to word. Uh, the flip side of that, of course, is if they were to offer it for free through free gems... You know, then we're in the triple gotcha systems of games like uh, Dragalia and Fire Emblem and Animal Crossing and all that. It's kind of like, well, which way does it go? Like, I guess you sort of have to pick your poison. I would lean more towards, I think, the triple gotchas, where you can use free in-game currencies that you earned. But then, I don't know. Like, I'm kind of curious to see what happens with, like, Mario Kart Tour when it comes out. Um, and what they do with monetization. Because, as you may remember from one of our July episodes, at least Angel and I talked about it, um... The gotcha systems in the beta were pretty bad. Characters, carts, items, like all of it. Yeah. And there's recently this Wall Street Journal piece that came out, um, and they were saying that investors should inspect the should inspect should expect the Pokemon company to be the heavy-handed one when it comes to monetization, not Nintendo. According to them, Nintendo actually wants to play it safe. And what's unclear is what play it safe means. Like, do triple gotchas fall under play it safe because they don't require real money? Is Pokemon Company heavy-handed because they say we have one system but you do need to pay? Like, I don't really know how to rank those or, like, you know, what what monetization scheme is Nintendo now falling back on? Or is it are they just saying Pokemon's going to be more aggressive because it's a mandatory payment should you wish to do this feature? It's, it's weird. Um, I'm hoping that it's Nintendo scaling back on monetization schemes because I don't know if you guys saw the Mario Kart Tour stuff that was announced the other day along with the September 25th release date. They missed summer by two days, but they're a little summer target. Um, but it sounds kind of cool. Like they're going to have tracks based on real world events that cycle in every two weeks. 
or not real world events, real world cities that cycle in every two weeks. They're gonna have um, costumes when you're racing on those real world world city tracks that match. So like Mario's gonna be in a zoot suit when driving through New York City, or like a kimono when driving in Japan. Like it's cool. Um, and then there's gonna be um, a new frenzy mode where you basically get these unlimited items in a race for a certain amount of time, which factors into the whole point system it uses. There's the challenge mode from Mario Kart DS is back. Diddy Kong's back as a playable character for the first time since I think the Wii Mario Kart maybe. Like there's a lot of cool stuff they're doing with it. But is it going to be saddled, you know, is it going to be dragged down by Nintendo's triple gotchas or not? So, so to be fair, um, we're just going to wait and see, I guess. But in the case of Pokemon Masters, the paid-for sync pairs haven't really caused a problem for me yet. I just haven't done them. Uh, I'm seeing how far I can go without the need to buy one. So, so far, so good. Uh, I'm still making my way through the story, though, so that could change. But as of right now, assuming it keeps up, I'm actually finding Masters to be one of the better mobile outings that uh, Pokemon Company has done. It's more of like a kindred spirit to a real Pokemon experience than I thought it would be. And the fact that it's a little more casual makes it fun in kind of a different way, and I'm enjoying it. So if you want a free game that genuinely is free up until you maybe need to buy a sync pair, it's actually pretty good. And we'll see what happens with Mario Kart. But I'm, I'm not holding my breath, but to be fair, I probably shouldn't judge it prematurely either. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, that's Pokemon. Now, Kevin, you've been finding a different type of monster entirely. The Nazis. Yes, the Nazis. Yeah. The Third Reich. Exactly. Okay. Wolfenstein Youngblood. Um, Bethesda is kind enough to actually give us a copy to review. So yeah, full is, disclosure, is, yep. the code was provided by Bethesda. Yeah, how, so did, how did you... They emailed me. <laughs> I don't just know. Just out of the blue? I think I'm on their E3. I think they emailed it to the E3 press list, and I was on that. Oh, interesting. They, I really don't know, but thanks, Ooh. Bethesda. We do appreciate it, and we'd love to play more of your games like Doom Eternal. Hint, hint. <laughs> no, yeah, seriously, so, it's so, very much appreciated. Anyway, yeah, so... Ahead. Thank you, Bethesda. Uh, so, I've been playing Wolfenstein Youngbloods, developed by Machine Games, who has developed the last entries in this, like, rebooted series, which I believe is Wolfenstein, The New Order, then, like, a little spin-off uh, called Wolfenstein, The New Blood, and then Wolfenstein 2, The New Colossus. That's where this, this game gets its namesake from, almost, like... Uh, we had the old blood, and now we got the, oh, the yeah, young blood. I was wondering where the young blood name came from. Yeah, so uh, developed by Machine Games and co-developed by Arcane Studios, who is known for the Dishonored series. And I don't believe those games have made it onto Switch. They have not, surprisingly. No. Yeah, and it was ported by Panic Button, Panic Button, who developed the Wolfenstein Two port on the Switch and Doom, and yeah, Doom and the upcoming Doom Eternal port and. Uh, Rocket League, which has no bearing on this conversation, but I just wanted to throw it in. Yeah, they're anymore. anymore? Yes, they they are a a like a they're powerhouse of ports. Yeah, they uh, they are doing oh what is it Dungeons and Dragons and Dungeon not Dungeons and Dragons. They announced the game in the indie world presentation. Dungeons Defender. Dungeons Defender. They're doing that as well. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. As you were the port or is that their game? It's a port. Or actually, I don't know. I don't know. I think Dungeons Defenders is already a... a uh... This is a new one, though. That's oh. console exclusive to Switch at first. Oh. For a timed period. Limited mm. time period. Interesting. But, yeah. Yeah, so this is the first entry in this reboot series that is fully co-op, which a lot of people had issues with because Wolfenstein is known to be just a very single-player, uh, a very, very story-focused focused series. And so this was met with well, I mean, as you put it in a previous episode, the first time Resident Evil went to pure co-op for five, that only gave us the best game ever, you said? <laughs> Maybe not the, <laughs> not the best game, definitely my 
top three favorite game of 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 all time. But this game, aside from it being co op game, it's also a live service game. Wait, what? Yeah, so I'll I'll get that I'll get into that in a little bit. Really? Yeah. They, so, they gassed it up. Yeah. So. Huh. So you play as one of the twin daughters of B.J. Blazkowicz, who was the protagonist of the previous two games, and no. <laughs> and uh, it's important to note that this is this is this takes place twenty years after Wolfenstein Two, but this is not considered Wolfenstein Three. So a lot of people had that misconception that oh, is this just the next entry? No, this is more of a spin-off side title. Is it because it's the same engine, but they usually try and change up the engine for each like new main one? No, not oh, at all. Okay. This is this <laughs> this was just then trying to do something different. Ah. Uh in between titles. Gotcha. Yeah, so it takes place twenty years after. Uh BJ Blasquiz has gone missing in Paris and you playing as one of the one of his twin daughters, uh Sophie and Jess. You guys head over to Paris, you meet up with the resistance leader, and you are just gonna help them try to find your dad. No, they are trying to help you try to find your dad, BJ. A dad is being found. A dad is being <laughs> found, yeah. Uh, it's not a linear point A to point B shooter like the like the last ones. Most of the gameplay takes place in these small little zones, sort of like Destiny, or, and for the Nintendo audience, more similar to like Mario Odyssey. Uh, where it's just like you these... directly stare at me like, or for the Nintendo crowd. <laughs> well, yeah, but... No, I appreciate the comparison. Yeah, but yes. like, you know, you, you can fast travel between these... Yeah. Between uh, these little places. Mm-hmm. Similar to sort of like a Destiny or a Borderlands, enemies have health bars, which was another uh, big issue that people had with the game. It's like, no, we just, just want to shoot them Nazis, you know? We don't need little little numbers indicating how much health you're taking away from them. That kind of stuff. This game has... Like, public reception on this game has been very mixed. Mm-hmm. Which, let me just... All right. Well, let me just start off. I, I am really enjoying this game. I do have a lot of issues with it, but this is my type of game where I can just start it up, listen to a podcast, and just mindlessly shoot Nazis. This is my jam. <laughs> I like the relationship between the two sisters. They're like best friends. There's no animosity between them. Like there's some like some ribbing, but it's all, it's all in good fun. It's never mean spirited. This game. That's cool. It's nice to see that kind of relationship portrayed once in a while instead of like. A strange sibling. Instead of just like a rivalry. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, So I really like that. Paris is pretty cool. Uh, Some of the zones definitely look different from others. So some one, one zone is very colorful, very bright, but then there's another area of Paris that's like very slummy looking. Uh, The side missions are sort of integrated into the main story. So basically the, the way that it is, is there are these three facilities called brothers that you have to infiltrate and to infiltrate that you got to go through and do side missions for some of these resistant members. And they'll be like, Oh, there's, you can get in through like the sewer or, or we can just cut a hole in like one of these brothers walls and get in there. Mm-hmm. So it's very integrated. The resistance is located in the Paris uh, catacombs, which is really cool. Which is just like a really smart, really creative idea of like where to, yeah. Yeah. Of where they, they set up shop. You know? Right. Um, so when I started playing the game, I tried to test it out to see how long it would run on handheld. And I played for about in about 45 minutes, and I went from 100% to 70%. So hmm. if you're 
going to exclusively play this in handheld mode, you'll probably get about two hours to maybe two and a half hours. Or go buy one of the new enhanced switches. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or I'm... the regular. Yeah. And you can double that time. <laughs> yeah. Or you cannot because don't even bother playing this game in handheld mode is my <laughs> is my recommendation. Is it that low res it's compared to... It's rough. Not only that, but the controls are rough, too. I had to put mm. aim assist, and I've never put aim assist in my games. Just because, like, some of the enemies in, in these areas, you couldn't even fully see. It was just... Oh, were man. they just it not was... rendering? Where were they? No, they were. <laughs> they, they were. They, they, they were rendered, but they were like. But they would also blend in with like backgrounds. Oh, and then isn't there like a motion blur that probably didn't? Oh, I, oh, we'll we'll get to that okay. in a second. Um. So, yeah. So I tried that handheld mode, and it was honestly putting me off on the game. And the the beginning of it, it's very difficult for some reason. I'm playing on normal. Uh, it's that first two hours is. Is that when like, you're like in the Nazi ship or whatever? Yeah. Yeah, in that, that was the E3 demo, ship, and that was hard. Yeah, in that ship. <laughs> because, so enemies also have levels right next to them, and it's like, if you're level 2, you're probably going to be able to take on this level 3. In that area, there's a enemy that has a skull right next to his health bar, which means you're pretty much not going to be able to take this guy out. Hmm. So mm-hmm. you pretty much just have to run away from him. But aside from that, yeah, that the first two hours was rough. Uh, it doesn't help that the... the your AI companion doesn't have the best AI, <laughs> but you, I can kind of almost put this negative to the side just because this game is supposed to be meant, is meant to be played with somebody else. Right. Aside from that, it's a little buggy. There's been some times where my menus were just gone. Hmm. Like I would press start or the plus, whatever you want to call it on the switch. And my menu would just not be there. That's, did it like show the overlay and then just no UI on top of it or no, there was just, there's just no text. It was just completely gone. Huh. I've been stuck in like some areas where I will literally just be walking down the street of, of Paris. And then my character's just stuck there and just look, look around me. I, there's nothing, there's no object that I could have get, gotten right. caught on. Interesting. So it's a little buggy. Uh, and you also can't pause the game in single player. Is that a side effect of it being co-op first in design? It's a side effect of it being a live game. Oh, yeah. Yeah, explain that. Okay, so live games similar to Destiny, you cannot pause that game. Obviously, because it's a shared world experience. But this is just co-op. It's There's no PvP. Mm-hmm. It's strictly PvE. So you can't pause the game. So if you want to like upgrade a gun, you have to hope that it's an area that's secluded where it, a Nazi isn't about to come and just shoot you down. Not only that, but there is a sort of bounty board that you can go into the Paris uh, catacombs. Mm -hmm. And there will be a daily mission, a weekly mission, and a monthly mission. I see how this is a game of service. Or a live game. Yeah, just so that you can level up. uh... Yeah. Are those missions fun? Are they good? Are they really like... The the daily, like daily weeks? Yeah. I I didn't try them. Oh, I was going to say, because they could just be, you know, like... Like Pokemon Masters has that too to get a granted very different game to get um, extra items. It's very it can be as simple as like oh like play three levels or yeah. it could be as cool as, or like I imagine for Wolves I'd be like kill X number of Nazis or something. But yeah, I'm not I'm not too sure how it is. Oh yeah, actually it was like that. Oh okay. where where like yeah. one mission was like uh, there are these like robot Nazis. Yeah. Uh, that you have to the mission was like was. You melee them, and when you melee them, you like break off their arms, and it was basically, 
basically like in a week do this to 20 of the not two uh, robots. gotcha. Okay. So like achievements, essentially. Yeah. And that's to help you uh, level up. But mm-hmm. from enemy scale to you. So I do not understand why enemies have levels. Oh, that's interesting. So in, in the very first area, once you get to it, you're about level six or five. Mm-hmm. And enemies are all are around there. Yeah. Maybe, maybe seven, maybe eight. But now I'm about level 19. I've played for about maybe eight hours. If I go to that same area, the enemies are also level nineteen. So I don't huh. understand why they're they've been giving they've been uh, given levels. Not too sure. Docked it does play much better. I was playing with a pro controller. That's that's a little bit cleaner, but visually that motion blur that's on the game is insane, and you can't turn it off. It's probably because it's masking some of the performance some of the, downgrades they had to do. Yeah, don't get me wrong; it runs fine. At the end of the day. If you're into sort of a, a Destiny type game and Wolfenstein at the same time, this is a this is a okay hybrid yeah. of it. If this is your only way to play the game, I would probably say rent it before you fully commit to buying it. It does the deluxe edition does come with a buddy pass, which I believe is ten dollars more than just the the uh, base game. So the base game is thirty, the deluxe edition is forty. But you can basically give a friend a pass to play with you. And and they download like a whole copy they, of yeah, it. Yeah, they download the whole copy. You can play when you play, right? Correct. And once you're done with that pass, I could then give it to somebody else too. Oh, that's cool. So I guess the pass belongs to the owner of the game and they can Correct. distribute it freely. That's actually really cool. Oh, yeah. That's a really cool idea. More developers mm-hmm. should do that. The future. Yeah. 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 So that was Wolfenstein for you. I'm, I'm liking I'm liking it. Have you played sure. um like Doom or the other Wolfenstein on Switch? No, I have not. Okay, yeah, I'd be curious how those compare. Give me your buddy pass. I'm curious how they compare. <laughs> we should do. We should like play online we'll, one. We'll I, I, this I, isn't an option. I do not know if uh, <laughs> if you even have if, a buddy if pass. it came yeah. with a buddy pass, but yeah, but we'll we'll check it out for sure. Yeah, it, it's cool that there's games like that on Switch to begin with. Like, it's nice that Bethesda actually does yeah. that at all. Most companies because they definitely don't. don't have to. Yeah, yeah. Doom, especially with Doom, that was a that was a huge hit on PC. They didn't have to put it on Switch at all. It did, but they did really well on Switch too. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. So I think there's one more game that uh, Angel and I have been playing that is only 89 cents until September 5th on the eShop. It normally retails for 40 dollars, and it is a rhythm game. And actually, it's three free DLC packs as well. And it's a rhythm game called Superbeat Zonic. I assume that's how you pronounce it. It's Cross-onic. Sonic with uh, or Cross Onic, really. There's no S, <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, yeah, so it's um, – I mean, Angel, you're you're the rhythm game guy. What was your kind of takeaway of this 89-cent game? I mean, it's fun. There's, just, there's a learning curve. It's kind of weird just, like, getting used to using your controller to play these specific kinds of rhythm games that you know are designed for, like, an arcade peripheral machine. Well, I think this one was made for just a symmetric controller. That's the thing is the Switch is asymmetric. Yeah, because, I mean, it, it just feels off. So like, you, it feels like it's designed for a specific controller or, like – yeah, it's this designed is some, for a PlayStation. This controller. is like something you would find like in an arcade in Japan, that like some like someone just like playing like doing like all this crazy stuff. Yeah, but oh, we definitely saw this in Japan when we went. I mean, it looks familiar. But, and, and the yeah. whole game plays like a Japanese arcade game, or or any arcade. I mean, there's like barely the any English music to do, begin with. Too, you but. do like you know a set of four songs, set of six songs, and when it's over, it's just like thanks for playing. It boots you back to the menu. So it is definitely an arcade game that's yeah. come. But over. essentially, like I guess because you have a controller, you have to use on the. There are six different, 
I guess, roads that a, an icon can come across. And it's like Guitar Hero. You have to wait for them to match up with the lane. Well, I guess with the end of the lane that they're coming from. And you're either pressing up, left, or down on the D-pad. Or X, A, and... Y. Or Y, B, and A on the on the buttons on the right side. Can you not those, play this with the touchscreen? You can, but it's not reliable. They yeah, are aware of it and to, they're pushing out a fix. Because pretty gotcha. much you're using those like six buttons on top of like the both analog sticks because you might have to flick up or down at some points or hold up and down at some points. And not just hold, but kind of curve them. Yeah, that's right. It's actually kind of fun when you nail it. It feels good. Yeah, and it's, I mean, it's fun. Like, I mean, the music is very varied. Oh, Bar- I see. Barely any of it's in English. I mean, there's a few, like, there's one song that's in Spanish and there's, like, one, like, Discount Lincoln Park song that that was kind of funny. Yeah, so I was listening to that. Discount Lincoln Park's not quite what... It's, like, power metal. It's, like... It felt more like POD. I didn't click on the part. I, I, like, just like from what I heard oh, I on, on the little preview, yeah, no, like, it sounded it. like like a it's like, like POD. a tenue, like yeah, a, yeah. But there's a lot of songs. Yeah, like a lot, and there's the DLC for even more. I mean, it, it's fun, but like I don't know. I I'm sure like if you like decent. I mean, this game is very reminiscent of um I forgot what the other one's called that came out early on in the Switch's life. That is pretty much the exact same thing. Oh, um, something. yeah. Like, that one, like, is also, like, another game that, like, you so that one you were supposed to only the touchscreen because you could tell it was meant for, like, a yeah. piano kind of peripheral or something. But they just, like, shoved it on the Switch. And yeah. just like this game, like, that one also has, like, normal exclusive, like, Japanese soundtrack of varied poppy to not poppy to only piano. I don't know. Yeah, it, it's fine because it, to me playing it, I actually think I, I'm getting the vibe I enjoyed it more than you did. I mean, but I enjoyed, I enjoyed it. the I mean, easier ones because the... Oh, I was, I was thinking a lot of the heart. Like the thing about yeah. this game too is like it'll let you play the song all the way through, whether you're whether you win or lose. And that tells you you fail. And then like cause there, <laughs> there's like a meter on the side that it's like your power, and when it runs out, you lose. Yeah. But it'll, it won't tell you you lose. You just keep playing, and then when you beat the level, it's like oh you lost. So that was like like what the heck. And then there was this one level that like I played it so many times. Like it's like a pretty annoying song too, but like it's kind of like stuck in my head now because I played it so much yeah. because I want yeah, to yeah, beat yeah. it. And at some point, like, oh, like, there's, like, one part of it where I would keep, like, missing them, and then I would lose the power meter, and then it's like, oh, now I have to restart it over and over. Yeah. I beat it eventually. You know you and didn't and have, have to do the same song. So when you do the four songs or the six songs, no, no. you can choose different. No, I know, but I wanted to beat that ah, song. Gotcha. And, yeah. I mean, I eventually did, and, I mean, I got satisfaction out of that, but... Yeah, I, I mean, th- but it was still frustrating to play with the controller. It felt like I needed a peripheral or something. I think but. the easier ones are more fun yeah, it, they're too easy. It, it comes down well there's like a middle sweet spot but it comes down to the fact that you have those six different control the middle options. sweet spot's still too easy like it's like sure but there, yeah. there's the what I was going to say is there's this the problem is the asymmetry thing I think because the games when you don't have to worry about the asymmetry as much it's fine but when you have to deal with um, and even when it's the face buttons it's fine because you have the three basically how it works is the side you, you have notes coming out of the middle and they're shooting to yeah, the side yeah there's six lanes three yeah, on the right yeah there's six lanes on each side but those lanes within them can have some variety so a lane three can be or three lanes on each side thank you math uh, so you can have uh, the three main lanes are just the buttons the face buttons like Angel said and then you have the control sticks which use those same lanes but become control sticks and you have to switch and the stick will tell you like flick up flick down drag it up or down the problem is if you're playing asymmetric you have the flick up on the top oh, lane, but you're using the right stick on the bottom of the Joy-Con, and it kind of messes with your brain. Yeah, when you hit a and there's also some times where like, so if it was on PlayStation, it'd be fine because PlayStation has sticks it's, even. It's but it's kind of like it's that like your hands have to go in different directions to do the exact same yeah. task. Yeah, and, 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 and many times that did a level where like I, 
like you know, I, I got used to the controllers. Yeah. I would still mess that up from time to time whenever you would get really crazy like combinations where you would have to do like down up down, but like right. on opposite sticks. And oh, and there's also the the shoulder buttons have are mapped too. Oh yeah. So touch would resolve a lot of this, but as I was saying before, touch right now is a little it's not reliable. It works and then it just doesn't recognize. Yeah, but the way the game designed touch wouldn't really work that well either. It does if you kind of like drum your fingers. But it 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 apparently supports. I mean, touch. It, it would work well up until like a certain difficulty, and then it like it's just unplayable with touch. Like you need. Yeah, to... yeah, that's true. But I do think like in terms of what the game offers, if you find the sweet spot for where the price you... right now, it's you're definitely getting way more than your money's worth for sure. And and not only that, and we, but and like, we got it for free because we just happened to have enough. Yeah, I use gold coins. It. Um, but not only that, but like it has a lot of stuff in it. Like there's a lot of music. There's, good. there's there's some pretty good presentation. It feels like a flashy arcade game. Um, it literally is. It is a flashy I'm sure, arcade game. Yeah, like, like I'm pretty sure like this is something that we ran into in Japan. Like it's there's yeah. no way this isn't already an arcade game. But but there is stuff to do if you like do want to go through it. Like there's you know there's a bunch to unlock. You can unlock new DJ. I like the challenge yourself, mode. Different the, inputs. The, the, there's challenge mode called, every day. Which they call the World Tour mode. Which that's that's what I found myself playing the most. Yeah, it's kind of fun. So they have specific challenges where they pair certain songs and certain groups of songs. You have to go through all of them and win. They get a DJ icon or a new input sound. One kind of funny thing is, depending on um, what input sound you set, when the note when you make contact, when you press the button when the note hits and you do it well, you can get all sorts of different noises from like an 808 drum thump to like a dog barking to like a wood block to people screaming like whatever. <laughs> it's pretty. It's actually pretty great. Um, and there is like um, leaderboards, so you can see how you do on a given song. However, they don't support friends, which is kind of a weird oversight that maybe they'll fix. But yeah, it's just for the most part, it's it's good at a certain sweet spot, and then the controls start messing with your mind a little too much. So that's that's kind of the thing. So I, yeah, I don't know if I would pay forty bucks for it, but I actually liked it a lot more. Than how I much does it cost right now? Right now it's eighty nine cents till September fifth. I would recommend if you're okay with getting up to the sweet spot of the weird control asymmetry, checking it out for eighty nine cents. Like it's actually fun. At okay, that so so forty dollars is too much. I think so, only because it's not optimized for its controller, which what? isn't necessarily a problem. Okay, so what would be the, what would be the most that you would pay for this game? I would uh, like fifteen. Fifteen, maybe ten for me, probably. Yeah, but that's because you want the harder stuff, which is where it gets tricky. Like I was okay with like the mid range stuff, so. Gotcha. So yeah, but it, it is worth checking out. Eighty nine cents. Don't get me wrong. Like we were kind of negative about the control, and the controls aren't their fault. Like they. The game was designed with a controller in mind that isn't what Nintendo's doing with the Switch, which is yeah, matter of reality. But yeah, it's it's and there's three free DLC packs with additional songs and stuff right now, so you get a good amount of content for basically nothing, and it's a fun time waster. I found myself playing it like in little chunks in between other things I was doing. So yeah, I'm I'm clearly a little more positive on it than Angel, but but overall, yeah, it's it's an interesting experience that at that price, why not? Basically. And I think that might actually be it. That was a lot of game impressions we gave today. We usually do, like, not that many. So um, we're going to be back with more impressions, actually, because we have Astral Chain coming up in our next episode, picking it up this weekend. I don't know if you're picking it up. I have no hope that you're going to play a lot of that game. I'll play an amount of it that makes it worth giving impressions and then a little more and taper off like I always do. No, but I, can, I, you play, can you start playing Super Mario World yet? I will have it done by the end of September, as promised. Anyway, next episode, <laughs> next episode we'll be talking about Astral Chain. That's on September 16th. Our episode. We're also going to be doing a special game giveaway. More to come on that. Stay tuned. And um, who knows what else? There's rumors of Nintendo Direct happening as soon as September 12th, so maybe we'll have that too. Never forget. Hmm? Never forget September 12th. Oh, yeah. The, a, a day that lived in... Yeah, in infamy. The, in infamy. But, um, also the day that my favorite item off the Taco Bell menu is being taken off. So wait, are you talking about the the Cool Ranch Loco Taco? Well, that's not my favorite. That's item That's my favorite. And I'm very upset about that. But 
Oh, the core took on? They're taking. They're getting rid of the core wrench and the fire. And the fire. Oh, okay. All right. Ranch. Now you got me. Oh. <laughs> Whoa! Hey, I'm hurting. Wow! <laughs> that heat's getting to his head, man. Hey, I didn't. I didn't complete. I know he said fa, but anyway, like yeah. the like the Vietnamese the soup. Yeah, which would come. Drink. Yeah, soup. it'd go pretty well right soup. now. The heat. Soup. I, <laughs> he said drink. You don't oh, you know, I was thinking of boba. Oh, that's that's boba. Yeah. Uh. Anyway. Before this goes completely off the rails, September 16th, we'll be back. To make sure you don't miss it, you can follow us on all the platforms. We're on uh, Apple Music. Or Spotify. Not, not Apple oh, Music. Man, Apple Podcasts. What? Says Elvis now? Spotify. Yeah, he knows. Oh, um, Google Podcasts. YouTube. Random Com is our channel. TuneIn, Stitcher, Pandora. I think we're on Pandora. We're everywhere. I need to go soon and eat some. Um, and yeah, yeah, go eat your pho. And you can follow us individually. You can no, tweet about your fire taco. Oh, whatever. Yeah. We can you. We'll tweet our final taco experiences together. I'll be JSR seven on wait, Twitter. You'll be where so OW. You. What? I'm gonna have the cool ranch. I'm gonna go ASAP. I don't know. If, I think. I, mean, we, I guess if that happens to correlate when you're also going, then fine. Listen, we can tweet them independently. We don't have to tweet them simultaneously. But you want to tweet them at the same time. I said together. Now they said the twelfth. Does that mean they're they're the eleventh on the twelfth? Yeah, I think so. Mm. So we have a couple weeks. Listen, the point is, there's tacos that need to be eaten. We need to go. So I'm JSR7 on Twitter. Angel is Wero, W-E-I-R-O underscore O on Twitter. And Kevin is uh, KVN Gomez on hey. Twitter. And you can find us there, and we'll be weeping about Taco Bell and celebrating the Popeye chicken sandwich, which is excellent. I still haven't um, had it. Yeah, so now they're out of stock, so, so I feel I... like I got a limited drop of chicken. But anyway, we'll be back in two weeks' time. And um, I kind of pour the rest of this water on my head, honestly. It's kind of warm. You could stop the record. I'm not. Do 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 do